This week in league, Fox Sports to air Rugby League's answer to Jersey Shore is goodbye Snooky and hello Spoony. John Grant channels his inner Andrew Fafita as he does that team announcey thing. We both make ourselves unavailable for city country, although Glenn is more than available in any role that Samoa may require. And we'll preview all of the action for Rep Round 2014. All that more this week in league. Welcome to episode 152 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Glenn. Okay, uh, feedback. Oh, feedback, the mailbag. Feedback. <laughs> not not going to go into any details here, but I'd just like to say that I love, I, we love getting feedback from you guys. I mean, it's why we put the mailbag at the front and centre on the show, because it's fucking sensational, right? That's right. And we appreciate, we appreciate, and we do read any any constructive criticism. Uh, about the show, but just, just like a word, Glenn's sitting there just shaking his head like he's got a fucking tumor, and just squeezing his eyes up and just balled up because I, 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 he doesn't know what I'm going to what I'm going to say next. I don't think he's scared. But I just want to say, you don't I just, scare me at all, Nathan. You make me cringe. I is just, what you do. I, do, I just, I just think that. I will say when you give us constructive criticism, it's fantastic. But if you uh, just a couple of pointers before you do. Make sure you you know what this show is about. That's the first thing. Because if you think that we're aspiring to be something like the footy show, or something like the Sunday footy show, or something like, you know, whatever the fuck on Foxtel show, we clearly do not aspire to be one of the show like The fact we've been doing it for five years, we know our we know our audience pretty well. And because let's face it, point blank, we fucking ask people at the end of you know, we actually solicit feedback at the end of every season anyway. That's right. And implement the, you know, the, the good stuff. And so, you know, if you're making suggestions to us on the presumption that we want to be some different sort of show that, you know, that you think we should be, you're coming at it all wrong and it's not gonna end well. That's all. <laughs> Do you have anything to add? No, that was um, that was much better than what I was expecting. Yeah, um, no, I'm not going. I'm not going to you know go go into it. You know, get into it too much. But. Look, I appreciate people, anyone that listens to the show, whether you love it, which most people tend to do. Mm-hmm. Our numbers grow every every single year, and uh, and have done now. This is like you say, this is our fifth year, and our numbers grow, and and you know the the feedback and you know things like the membership, and it, it just shows how our audience is responding to to what we're doing, and. I don't think we really fit into a pigeonhole. No. You know, at the uh, end of the day... And the show does tend to evolve. I mean, even looking at like the mailbag sort of section... Sure. ...only really evolved sort of, you know, over sort of probably last half of last year, yeah. maybe, yeah. Exactly. But it's true what you say, like, we're, we're probably digging our own hole in a, in a sense, but we don't do this for, for any other reason other than we enjoy doing it. Exactly. And it's a fucking... It's a hell of a lot of fun for us to do, and... The people that, that love it and listen to it and respond to it favorably, that's great. Um, and the people that don't like it, that's great too. But mm-hmm. we, if you if you listen to it and you love it, that's awesome. If you listen to it and hate it, don't hate on us. It's probably Just, not gonna. It's probably not gonna change into something that you're gonna love. Yeah. Or, or you know something that so you want. I appreciate you, want to you know anyone that that does come back and say whether they don't like the show not everyone's going to love it we, we do have a fairly niche um and it and probably we cut ourselves off to to a lot of the mainstream sort of people with 
some of the language and some of the <laughs> topics, etc., that we cover. But again, it, our whole premise for starting the show was to to be two blokes down the pub talking about football. And sometimes you talk about football and you've got a couple of beers under your belt. We, you know, Again, it's just a premise. We don't have beers under our belt every week. Some weeks we do. Um, sometimes, you know, like sorted subjects come up and you have to talk about them, like cake. And, and tangents you know, and you know, exactly. things like that. That's yeah. what happens down the pub with your mates. So um, <laughs> we, we probably do cut ourselves to a, to a large mark. And if we were trying to become something big or something that was going to be, um, you know, com- competing against, you know, your mainstream TV stuff where we had to be severely censored. There's already so much of that out there. You know. the, the, that on Twitter, which is, you know, pretty much our primary, you know, communication channel with our listeners, mm. That's that tends to be where, you know, Twitter is growing year on year just for football fandom, you know, alone. Exactly. And, and, as, and as a result of that, you know, our numbers keep going up and up, you know, you know, sort of, in t- you know, on the same kind of graph, I think, as, uh, as, as Twitter adopting, you know, or being adopted by, you know, sports fans watching stuff in real time and, you know, you know, talking shit about it and whatever, whatever. Exactly. But, you know, on Twitter, and you see that, you know, the, it's just Slam City on Ben Iken, Slam City on the footy show. <laughs> Pretty much everything gets slammed the whole time. Without well. tooting our own horns, yep. you know, if we were to get picked up, you know, if we put the show and changed it to, to be more um, and assimilate more with a mainstream thing, if we had some aspiration to be on TV or, or be on the radio, yep. we'd be going super entry level mm-hmm. and... With all due respect, I'd be fucked if I'm going to take a massive pay cut to get on TV. <laughs> exactly. So we do this for fun, and if you think it's fun and you listen, that's great. If you don't enjoy it, then feel free to listen to something else. And of course, if you've done it, if you've done a podcast for five years, then by all means, you know, well, you know, you might you, you wouldn't send you wouldn't send that sort of feedback because you'd actually know. <laughs> um, last week we put it out there. I'll just like say welcome to all our new listeners. Though we don't do it enough, we don't welcome our new listeners. So this is the first time you're listening to the show. A, welcome. B, just hang in there. You're probably fine. I mean, it's one of the, the things that the community around this show is built around... Is in-jokes. Is a lot of... <laughs> yeah, exactly. So if you listen to one episode, it was the, it's got to be the most bizarre shit you've ever... Exactly. Unless, like, a lot of people, you go back and listen from the start just so it makes sense. It, yeah, exactly. And, and it would be... It, I, you know, I imagine it would be similar, in a way, to people listening to uh, Roy and HG... When they were doing the origins and things like that, sure. I remember when I was living in Japan and my dad would tape them and send them over to me, and and you'd be listening to them going, oh, I don't know what the fuck's going on here. Who's the card table? It's a fucking, you know what I mean? Like, and there's a couple of and there's a couple of nicknames that you'd pick up. You know, you, you go, okay, yeah, well, that makes perfect sense. But some of them yeah. are so Who's like, like so <laughs> obscure, yeah. And and listen, and our shit is far more obscure than theirs. I mean, there's there's like six degrees of in joke to get to why that person's name. I mean, yeah. like letters. I saw someone tweeted the other day, like you know, someone said something about letters, and someone's like, who's the fuck is letters? And then they had to explain, you know, so, oh, that's what this week in league called, you know, Jarrah Maria Hargraves. So, <laughs> yeah. And so it's great, but these things all get adopted. And yeah, and if you do go back through past episodes, it'll, it'll, be, it'll become easier. And, uh, you know, if you just keep listening, you know, you'll, you'll pick it up because new stuff is added every week as well. So I would just say, I would say bear with it and don't just close yourself off just because maybe you don't understand some of the in-jokes off the bat. Or if you don't like swearing. If you don't like swearing, you probably shouldn't listen. <laughs> if you don't like swearing, I don't know. I, I don't, just, look, I, we appreciate you taking the time to download, but if you don't like swearing... This would be an absolute kind of a show to get into. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but welcome anyway. Now, last week we put it to the Sorry, fence. did I tell you I got a text message the other week no. from my former personal trainer? I, I, you may have told me before the show. I can't remember. Josh, absolute legend. I love him like a brother, mainly because he's bald and he looks like my twin brother, only fatter. Um, sends me a text message said, any podcast with, you know, that mentions cunt within the first 10 seconds, twice in the first 10 seconds, is a winner in my book. <laughs> I was that, like, yeah, that kind episode, of loose last <laughs> this that week. A, that episode, that was about two, two or three weeks ago, and that, that's, that's, that's becoming notorious, yeah. one because yeah, we, did, we did open up pretty hard. Um, <laughs> last week, you know, on a more censored subject, last week we put it out there for people to give us uh, their tampon all-stars side. <laughs> Featuring players who are basically, you know, in for one week, out for three. Uh, on a blood buzz. Dugan, logical. Takiri, these days, yeah, you know, probably great idea. Hodges, naturally. Rapati, didn't know, I, I didn't pick straight away. Tedes- <laughs> I was, Tedesco. I was yeah. watching the, the Tigers-Warriors game a few weeks ago yeah. with a hardcore Warriors fan, Willie. And Jerome Rapati? I was like, didn't he retire five years also, ago? Isn't he 80? How did that happen? Don't know. England, England is like never, never land. They come back and <laughs> Tedesco, fair enough, really. Carney, definitely. Campisi, absolutely. King, definitely. Gidley, without goes without saying. Right. Leroy Lars, it's another one he's thrown in there. Ellis. Now, what, I saw that. Was he talking was, about Gareth? If he's talking about Gareth, I don't. Now he doesn't play very much over there, but he wasn't. It was maybe his last year. He missed some football. He wasn't like a, a massive injury that. prone. Like. Um, yeah, I think his last year at the Tigers, it was a, a bit of in and out stuff. But jeez, yeah. Lewis. I assume Luke, he means Luke, Luke Lewis. Yeah. yeah, lately I guess. Yeah, last couple. Yeah, yeah. Gallon. Yeah, it goes without saying. Uh, and that's 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 his side. Uh, Cruzy zero six has gone. Uh, Brett Stewart. Do, well, but he's he's got no. He hasn't given us a full side, and he hasn't given any thought to positions either. Brett Stewart, Dugan, Gidley, Hodges, King. Can't think of anyone else to add. So that's that's basically a complete lack of imagination right there. He just what wanted a to get surprised. He just wanted to hashtag that up. Um, I not, bet if we asked him, you give us seventeen fucking steaks that he likes to eat. Yeah, he'd be like, fried steak, <laughs> <laughs> boiled steak, steak tartar. <laughs> Steaky steak. Fast forward three hours. <laughs> steak sandwich. Mega steak, steak, steak mega, mega, mega cut snake. <laughs> Did I say snake? I said steak a la mode. Like yeah. ice cream. <laughs> when he's pregnant. Um, Niles, 1991. Dugan? Yes. Duffy. Yeah, actually, that's probably a fair call. He hasn't, he hasn't yeah. been seen hiding the hair of lately. Hodges, yes. Excellent inclusions in C. Stanley and K. Stanley. <laughs> I agree 100% of those. He's got, he's, the Stanley family needed to buy more milk as fucking oh, children, surely. Rapati, we've got another one. Molson, captain. Probably fair enough. Well, he's a Tigers fan. He'd be fairly anti-Molson. Uh, Galloway. Oh, Keith, that's a bit, yeah. I mean, the first time, you know, the first the absence of Keefe, I mean, what, what's he going to do? He got decapitated by Apawati <laughs> in, the, in the biggest flying cocked elbow stiff arm you've ever seen in your life. Um, you know, this, How this can side you have of a cocked elbow stiff arm, Nathan? Well, How is that even well, possible? It's pretty stiff. Only half of his arm is stiff. <laughs> well, it's folded over, so it's double oh, okay. stiff, you know what I mean? Jesus. It's like, it's double glazed stiff arm. <laughs> uh, Gidley, yes. Gibbs. 
Brossy. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, he doesn't stand out as a leading light of, uh, of of being out every you know every three weeks, but Gallon, yes, picker. I don't follow. I don't follow him too much, so I can't really say that uh, that pickers. <laughs> I, I don't, don't know who he plays for now. Was yeah, he's not. He's not still Canberra, is he? No, he, he left, no. didn't he? Oh, fuck, fine. Campo, yeah, definitely. Sam McNally, five four eight two. He's just gone gallon captain. That's it. The end. <laughs> and now I look at the team. I think Dugan has got the fullback slot locked down. I think there's a couple of guys that you can look at that are absolute inclusions and would and would and were inclusions in pretty much everyone's side. You got Dugan. You got Hodges in the centre. Guaranteed has to be there. Gidley, <laughs> wherever you play him, has to be there. Uh, Camp Easy, he has to be there. And, Absolutely. Uh, and Gallant, yeah, yeah, so. There's a few um, unanimous decisions. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, we need a. Oh, we had J Rad tweet us and say, look, you know, you should do a team like an of the week every week. Oh. And like, yeah, fucking, who's got time to think of all that? What can the team of the week be this week? Um, mispronounced names. <laughs> <laughs> By us or just in general? No, but yeah. What do we call it? We call it the. Uh, what do we call it? Is it just like hard to pronounce names, or is no? I I just made that up on the spot because John you? Grant's a dickhead. Um, yeah, well, that, well that, he he was mispronouncing anything. He just flat out said the wrong shit. Yeah, we'll get to that. Don't worry about Look, it. He, he's got his. I, I think that's going to be real difficult, considering we struggle to get through a show every week. I think it's going to be real difficult to come up with a fucking some sort of team of the week. Okay, I'll tell you what, we'll have it off this week, and then next week... We'll have it off again. We'll have it and off the again. the week after and that, again, maybe people can come... Like 150, like 151 previous episodes, we'll keep having it off. But also, we'll have this week off from the team of the week, and you guys can throw suggestions at us, and hopefully about 20 of you throw 20 different awesome suggestions at us so we can bank them for the rest of the year. Yes, it's a bit fucking lazy and there's no way we'll come up with it. Exactly. Do you know, like, I'd love to sell a behind-the-scenes experience. So they see what goes... What? So they, they come here, enjoy some delicious food. They'd have to come here in the day too. They'd well, have to come with me. Well, 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 no, no, they've got to be here first because they got to... While well, I'm sit, trying to sift through these gronkish Twitter tweets and, and, and trying to get everything together and the news articles and, and the rest of it. That's fine. And then from 5.30, mm-hmm. they can go to footy training with me. Yep. And then straight to my house where I write, go through the games and from memory and also reading the match reports again and the highlights, yep. scribble down some notes and I'm looking at them now and I can barely read half of this shit because I didn't have time to type it on the iPad. <laughs> then quickly uh, rush around, grab a can of Coke Zero on the way out the door mm-hmm. to make sure I don't fall asleep on the drive up. Mm-hmm. And then sit here and stare at each other like fucking retards while we try to come up with the first three one-liners. Those three one-liners, they don't just happen. <laughs> it's very rare that we don't even bing, don't, bang. don't 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 even. No, it's don't. very rare that it's just like bing bang boom. <laughs> don't shatter, don't shatter the illusion. <laughs> well, but that's so, right. That's why it's behind the scenes, Nathan. Yeah, no one's listening. I yeah, can say. I was, you know, yeah, yeah. Can. Well, the thing is, if, if it was. I mean, and to be fair, sometimes we would get all three of those one-liners in under five minutes if you would allow me to say the things that I want to say. And you can imagine the stuff that gets said on the show. It's pretty bad sometimes. It's pretty bad. So you can imagine how bad the shit that Nate wants to say at the start of the show. My first instinct is just to just be so wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so, so wrong. Anyway, yes. actual feedback time from the mailbag. Slerious. 
Oh. He's, he's chimed in on the Brett Stewart incident and said that the morning after when you're still hammered has a technical name, Rad Drunk. Really? Yeah, that's in the that's in the, the R-pop circles. That's what they... That's what they call it, rad drunk. Rad drunk, rad. If you were like, if this was 1985, that'd still be a relevant term. Exactly, exactly. No we doubt. Got, um, no doubt. Now, pops, you're still using it every day. Hey, you go, mate. Oh, I'm just rad. Interesting. Fuck. Interesting yeah. commentary from someone. Uh, Eddie's 85 or Eds 85. E D E S 85 on Twitter. So much can be said about your Brisbane South preview. Tweet one. Tweet two. Struggle to contain the Hain shame. Get fucked. Every chance of rolling through one of the best defensive packs of the comp. Do you listen to yourselves? And anyway, when Souths were accumulating that 14 the lead straight away in that game, what did they do? <laughs> yeah, listen to yourself, Eddie's 85, if that is in fact your real name. Unky D, disappointed in you taking the Ben Z side for the Gronk of the Year. His shameful tweet used brute force, brute force Gronkage, totally lacking sophistication. And let me tell you, that just... When I was going to read that wrong-ass tweet out from the Ben Z last week, and I said, this one is probably going to, you know, this is Gronk of the Year shit, because it was. Yeah. Jeez, it got the other one stirred up, and it was, there were Gronk Wars all week, including us on Twitter, and I was constantly getting notifications. It was Gronk, Gronk on Gronk. <laughs> it was Gronk on Gronk crime all weekend. Unfucking believable but... Well, I love how, like, it's, Ben Z, Ben Z, his, his go-to when someone starts hammering him, saying, oh, you're education. filthy sour. He's like, I'm really educated, and I earn six figures. Who fucking cares? You're still a dickhead. I don't, still- care. I don't care what your bank balance looks like. I care that you're a dickhead. <laughs> and, he's, and, and then he starts... <laughs> I'm educated. Okay, I went to school, and you, and you notice the tweets. Then he starts, then he starts throwing in like you know larger words and larger. Yeah. As he goes larger, and larger words. Look how smart oh, I am! Oh, oh wow, you bought a thesaurus. That's lovely. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. Go play it, you rich motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, Unky D came back with a tweet about your aborted analogy, where you were talking about something, you know, like sleeping with your dead grandmother. Or, you know, remember that? Yep. So Glenn's Not grandmother was a <laughs> so Glenn's grandmother was a Polynesian man. <laughs> Ash R.I.P. Slurious. <laughs> you know, your to you, your analysis of uh, Blue Beaver on this week in League was genius. Hash manly fuckhead. Is that all I said about it? Because I could go on. <laughs> And I favourited that tweet because I shortlist tweets by favouriting them. And people get notifications that the tweet got favourited. So then so then Blue Beaver's like, God, Glenn must be picking the tweets this week or I've been betrayed by a manly <laughs> And it was option B. And sometimes I favourite tweets just because people look out to see if the tweet's been favourited. People like Mup. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then you purposely don't favourite any of his <laughs> so he can go back into his fucking cave where he belongs. Shunter 86, in regards to our, our discussion about the Penrith ground announcement comment about, you know, maybe bring 5,000 more people next week, whatever you said. <laughs> that was legit. That is FYI, Penrith ground announcer comment was legit. And Ree Moylan, where we asked about, you know, why you know, Penrith fans, what have they got against Moylan? Fans sometimes get too far ahead and dream of DWZ at one and Moylan at seven. Is he a seven, really? Yeah, I don't know. He's doing all right where he is. Just saying. Same Could have batted a fucking ball, didn't <clears throat> Then again, they're, they're the five-year plan guys. They know what they're talking about. Yeah, don't argue with the fucking Penrith nerds. Yeah, JR underscore Buffett. Just checked out NRL Homer Simpson on Facebook. Pretty funny. Thanks for the tip. You are welcome. And uh, thanks I got to bored with it. Ian Saguna, thanks for the tip. Saguna. Yeah, he was dead quiet on Facebook this week. I can't imagine why. <laughs> Not a fucking thing. Tigers win. Five, six times you'll be on our <laughs> Five or six times on the weekend you'll hit us up. 
tumbleweeds this week. Not a goddamn <laughs> thing. And uh, Adam, Adam, nineteen seventy-five. I, he's, uh, my missus says you two have got me saying cunt too much. What about that bloke who's the biggest trader in the history of traders? What's he? What's I think he, he's part French. What's he done to trader? Have you seen how he hammers me on Twitter? Yeah, yeah. Lots of people do though. We used to be friends. Lots, lots used to like really go back and forth. Oh, how's the family, mate? Oh, yeah, good, thanks. And what about your family? Oh, fine, thank you very much. That's excellent. It's lovely to talk to you. Um, and now, fuck me. Into me. And then I have to obviously retaliate. And yeah. then he takes offense and goes, and then it escalates from there. If he was just nice to me like we used to be nice to one another, I wouldn't have to fucking hammer him like the cocksucker that he is. <laughs> And he also, but then going on from saying his missus said oh, that we've got him saying cunt too much. Said, I for one blame all the massive cunts in this world. But you know, mm. boxcar Jason, I'm over this ref blaming business. Manly did it before it was cool, and now everyone's doing it. That's just a men truck. <laughs> it is, and that is so funny too. And we got we got a fair bit of fair bit of traffic out of the uh, fair bit of likes and fair bit of traffic out of the everything is refs fault picture I put up to just quietly got a Lego movie oh, given Nathan ammunition mate I'll tell you I've watched that movie 30 times at least I, I like how you do it purely for the irony yeah. of, of a manly fan doing something everything is rest fault in regards to another team <laughs> I remember I tweeted someone I said look I'm about to do something that's going to fucking come back and bite me big time <laughs> In the future, sometime in the future. <laughs> but it's worth it, right? Exactly. I'll, I'll, it's a small price to pay for the smiting of one's enemies, in, in which case it was uh, the Broncos fan base. Drew underscore Nathan five. Hey, this week in league, I think I have found one of the worst Western Suburbs players. Leo Dinover. Leo Dinover. So, we go, of course, to Leo Dinover. He, uh, his record, his club career. Spent some time at the Knights, of course. However... Western Suburbs, where he finished his career. And uh, on what basis did uh, did Drew say, or did he uh, want to sl- slate Leo so badly? <clears throat> he wasn't He wasn't a luminary. He was no well, he cogger. Was, he was no 60, A 63% kicking record. That's not too bad. 48 of 76 across his career overall. Better than Benji. He did a lot of kicking in Newcastle, which is quite, quite strange, really, because... Andrew Johns was a wonderful kicker of the ball. 36 of 55 there. Played massive second fiddle in Western Suburbs. I don't know who would have been their first up kicker in, in those what years. 98-99. Uh, he only took 14 attempts in, in 98. And Andrew seven. Leeds? Still? Would it have been... Would it still? Don't know. When did he retire? Andrew Willis? I'm, oh, I can't. <clears throat> yeah. Still my head in. I just... I mean, yeah. You look at his win percentages. He won a respectable if not spectacular 57.89% of his games when he played for the Knights that, <laughs> that average however plummeted <laughs> plummeted in 1998 when he only won 25% of his games and uh, further plummeted in 99 where he won uh, exactly 20% of his games uh, 3 from three from 15 in fact wow. <laughs> so you know I'm not I'm not that prepared to say that Leo Dinover is you know we've seen far worse I'm just saying Generally in a Western Suburbs jersey. But let's just say he's no Presdy. He's no Cogger. Yep. He's no O'Doherty. No. And uh, well, let's just leave it at that. Leo Dinova. Leo Dinova. Oh, f- fuck, there's been far worse careers for the Western Suburbs magpies, let me tell you. Uh, yeah. Mitch Doyle, zero eight Struggled to sleep on flight home. Put this week in league on. Cunts put me to sleep and have me snoring in five minutes. Hash five stars. Hash draft iTunes reviews. <laughs> <laughs> Troy underscore 79, he's the first guy that tipped us off on Jack, Jack White on Instagram. Do you see that? Yeah. One week they love you, 
Next week they hate you. Both weeks I got paid. Typical Gen Y shit attitude. Where does it go so wrong for these blokes? And and, and I am am going to tar a lot of them with the same brush only because I can imagine a lot of these young players having similar attitude. Not all. Kids that have the right upbringing. Mm -hmm. But where does it go so wrong when, you know, they grow up and they're... As coach of the Springfield Panthers under seven watts, you see these kids have got unbridled passion for the game, Nathan. All they want to do is kick a fucking football. Yep. Even when you're trying to teach them how to tackle, all they want to do is kick a fucking football. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone wants to be Daily Cherry Evans. No one's ever mentioned Daily Cherry. Um, (laughs) Where like where does it go from that? They go through. They get obviously display their talent. They get picked in these sides. At what point does it become? Oh well, who cares if you know if the fans, which are the people that fucking actually make it, why I want to go out there and play football in the NRL? Do they think? Obviously, the adulation and all that appeals to these guys that want to make it that far. Obviously, they want to make it to the pinnacle, but. Yeah. I'm sure if the NRL, and some weeks at Penrith and Campbelltown, they do play you know, in front of shit-ass crowds with no people in the stadium. Mm-hmm. But other times, there's, there's big crowds there, and there's a lot of, obviously, love and adulation for these players, which must appeal to the guys that want to make it to the top. But I just wonder, when he's like, well, who cares? Still get paid. Yeah, not cool. When does it become about that? And I want to take it one step further. And this whole... This whole ha- Hater culture, like you know, mm. where you cry hater all the time on things. Let me tell you, and the people are like, Oh, you haven't played any first grade NRL, so you can't say anything about it. Well, you know what? I mean, I, I was a chef, so I mean, I, you know, but you've never been a chef. But you go to a restaurant and you get served a shit dinner, you've got every fucking right in the world to have an opinion about that dinner. Damn straight. I'd also go so far to say, Also, you haven't been a chef, I guarantee you haven't directed any movies either. No. Guess what? You can go into a movie, watch a shit fucking movie. I think you've got the right to call it a shit fucking movie. That's right. I think you've got the ability to discern whether it's a shit fucking movie, whether or not you've directed a film or not in your life. And I think, you know, a lot of that, that is a real, I don't know if it's just sport in general, but certainly it's a rugby league thing that you get, how many first grade games have you played? And this is not necessarily coming from the players, this is coming from defenders of the players. That's right. Yeah. But I haven't played any, and I don't, but why does that absolve me from an opinion? You know, yeah. like you say, and at the end of the day, as a member of a foot, you know, of a football club, two in fact. Yeah. I'm obviously season ticket holder at the Broncos and a member of the Tigers. Um, I buy a fuckload of Tigers merchandise every year. Mm-hmm. I'm a customer. Yep. And if I was if I was a fucking Raiders member, a customer of the Canberra Raiders, yep, paying them for the entertainment that they provide me by way of players like Jack Whiten, mm-hmm. I would think that was a really fucking shit attitude. I don't do any of that, and I still think it's a shit attitude. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. These, I, these guys just really need a fucking grasp on reality. I remember back in the in the Northern mm. Eagles days, nothing would shit me more than if a team gets pumped by 50, and they're walking off smiling and joking. Yeah. I want people, I want players to be fucking filthy at, you know, at a loss like that. Not fucking joking with the guys that just put a smash yeah, in. Yeah, it's, you know it's I mean? sad that it means more to the fans than the players. Yeah, and yeah. it it is, you know, and it seems very idealistic that you know the fan fan base wants the players to be as passionate about the result as they are. Um, but 
like he says, got paid both weeks. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's a fucking joke. The Ben Zed. Why did Glenn not name his child Blakely Blakely in honour of Paulie Paulie and Fooey Fooey? <laughs> That's, I think that's a pertinent question, and I and I think that you may have to get down to birth, deaths, and marriages, and perhaps switch things around real quick. Look, before he gets too attached to being called Leo, I did. Uh, I did put forward some suggestions for names as discussed previously on this show, and uh, and Nicklin threatened to cut my throat. So, Blakely, Blakely, Paul's going to be right up there. Let me tell you. But I don't think you even suggested it though. Absolutely that's, not. That's the disappointing part. You didn't even try. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Paraman MK2. Gotta say, episode 151 of This Week in League was one of the funniest I've heard in a while. Many, many LOL moments. Doesn't take thank much you, sir. Make, doesn't take much to make him laugh. And thank you so much to everyone who's jumped on with the first ever membership we've offered for the show. Response is awesome. And guess what? They're still coming in. So it's fantastic. They, they're going to actually sell out. And so People are going to start wondering where the fuck they are. Yeah, well, that's true. But I mean, t-shirts, they're, they're coming. I mean, there's just a, a large queue of stuff. Basically, I think I've said it before, the way that uh, screen printing places work is that uh, they've got a capacity per day like that they can physically run through their gear. And so it's basically you add up how many jobs times how many units for each job are in front of it, divide by 400, which is their capacity a day, and it gives you an idea of how much. So I have a feeling that they'll probably be leaving in about... You know, I'd say we'll probably be getting them sent our way in in a week or two. I'd say, but I mean, everything else is just waiting to go. So, you know, once the shirts come, it's good to go, and uh, we'll start sending them out. News, first story, and it's a very tragic, sad story. Uh, Ryan Tandy was found dead at his family's Saratoga home on the central coast on Monday. It is understood the 32-year-old died of a drug overdose. Uh, He was apparently a known drug user, unknown to me until his death and the story came out. Uh, Friends shocked and saddened by Tandy's death and were only recently told how excited he was after he'd reached near completion of his tell-all book. Former teammate Brian Fletcher, who played alongside Tandy at Souths in 2003, said it was awful news. I saw him about a month ago, and he seemed in good spirits, Fletcher told Fox Sports News. He was talking about getting into a new business, and he lost a lot of weight and was training. The news is quite shocking and disturbing. He was dragged into the spotlight again when Sydney's radio host Ray Hadley repeated revelations surrounding Tandy's friendship with a journalist on Monday morning. Tandy had been living at the Saratoga home as part of his bail conditions after he was charged in January with allegedly allegedly kidnapping a man over a supposed drug debt. Police had alleged the former prop was the hired muscle for two other men who were trying to recoup money from the alleged victim. He was due back in court next month. Police were called to the Saratoga address at 2pm on Monday following reports the former journeyman front rower had died. On arrival, police found the body of a 32-year-old man. The death is not being treated as suspicious. It's understood it was his mother who made the discovery. And of course, his game, his career in the NRL, 36-game NRL career, uh, finished when he was convicted of match-fixing while playing for the Dogs against North Queensland in 2010. For that, he was fined $4,000 and placed on a 12-month good behaviour bond and uh, never to play NRL again. Look, this is... Um, I guess, after all the... Um the media storm when that story was was playing out, um, it was easy to you know to to cast Ryan Tandy as a villain, and 
um, and he did the wrong thing, and he was um, he was convicted for that, and and never to play NRL, which is obviously. Um, taken away his right to earn a livelihood from from that game, and rightfully so, he did the wrong thing. But um, when the media storm goes away, and and the game, you know, is still going going strong, yep. and we all have our issues with you know things like referees, etc. Um, it's it's sadly it's it's really easy to to fucking forget about Ryan Tandy, you mm-hmm. know, like he, he's he's not um, he's not front of front of in front of your face on the TV, you know, playing out his court case, etc., or, or waiting for his verdict. And um, you obviously, when when these sorts of situations arise, you wonder, or I certainly wonder, like, hey, motherfucker must have battled some demons after that. You would imagine. Yeah, and you wonder. I mean, I, I believe that the the, the match fixing thing came about because of gambling debts. So yeah. okay, obviously you had a problem with gambling, and that was something they, you know probably knew at the time but you just wonder you know at what point did the drugs come into it mm. and then was it you know one of those drug overdoses where it's just you know the quality the quality of the drugs or just an accidental thing mm. or was this you know the Hadley thing an impending trial in a month and everything you know and it was a something that you know obviously you know depression everything goes along with it sure and then he's actually you know taken a dose I feel on purpose I obviously you know, you'd never like to see. You know, like I said, he did the wrong thing. Um, but there's a there's a lot of people that have done far worse mm-hmm. in life and and avoid of any sort of conscience and go go through their days and, and still and and have played uh, six games for the Cowboys in 2014. <laughs> exactly. Stuff for, for one example. Um, you know, and I tell you who I feel I really feel for is his is his close friends and family. Mm-hmm. You know, because they would have had to fight a lot of that battle. Um, like I said, just through association with him. Yeah, yeah, like obviously, you know, if you did the wrong thing, I'm not going to abandon you. And and my closest mates, any of my closest mates, or you know, everyone makes their mistakes. And then people that are, it's easy for people that don't know them and aren't associated with them to write them off. And mm-hmm. you know, he's a criminal or, or whatever the case might be. But as a general rule, and I'm not saying. Every single offence applies to this, but um, your closest friends and family would still be sticking yeah. by you. Yep. Probably might not agree with your actions, but they'll still yep. be there for you. And yep. um, and they've obviously had to be by his side through everything he's obviously been going through. It's um, and now they're the ones left there to pick up the pieces again. Yep. And it's it's a pretty fucking sad tale. And um, you know, it's it sort of reminds us all that. You know, rugby league is is really just a game, and and unfortunately, a lot of people take it very, very fucking seriously. And and you know, the integrity of the sport should never be in question. And that's why Ryan Tandy was convicted of his of his crime, and and rightfully so. Um, but you know, for him to feel like he had to get to a point where he had to, you know, essentially commit commit a criminal act. Um, to, for financial gain, mm-hmm. um, there's obviously he had a lot more stuff going on in his head than than trying to fix a football match. Exactly, and there was certainly never any attempt to get to any of that at the time no. either. It was no. just like a slam, 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 slam. Yeah. And that is the way, you know, yeah. that is the way of the media these days. Fucking in everything, mm. um, you only have to look at. Um, you know, a natural disaster, and no one's really yeah. reporting. You know, you get one feel-good story for, 
you know, for for ten or fifteen horror stories, it's unfortunately that's Mate, that's how the media world, works. Third world country can be wiped off the map, and you won't hear about it here until you unless there's like a, a, some they can find some connection to some Australians over there. Then all of a sudden, yeah. it's a new story. You know? Exactly right. So look. Um, might not have, definitely don't agree with his actions that he, he was he's obviously notorious for, but um, certainly you know feel for his friends and family and may he rest in peace. Former Melbourne Storm CEO Brian Waldron has unreservedly apologised for the role he played in the infamous salary cap scandal that led to the NRL club being stripped of its 2007-2009 premierships. In a wide-ranging online column, Mr. Waldron outlined his regret about the dual set of books the Storm kept that ultimately led to the unprecedented sanctions. Regretfully, I got ahead of myself. It's absolutely appropriate that I apologise to all those hurt by my actions, and I'll do so without reservation. Discussing the brutality of the sports industry, Mr Waldron indicated he believes his positive impact across multiple sports codes now went largely overlooked. I have received both praise and indignation for my good work for my work in sports administration. Regretfully, the good is quickly forgotten when wrongdoings are laid bare. I understand and accept this is a consequence of inappropriate actions. In sport, people come and go and learnings are lost with them. It needn't be that way. While failure can be a better teacher than success, I know which one I prefer. A good sporting organisation share the same philosophy. And uh, he craps on and on and on and on and on and he's still not in jail no he's not and whilst I I respect the fact he's he's offered an apology yeah he sort um, of I mean he, he, he sort of did but then he goes into there was a lot there was it was easy to lose the apology in the rest of the article. Oh, because there's so much, you know, but it's high pressure and you know it's a cutthroat world in sports administration you're like well mate you're are you apologising or are you going to make all these fucking excuses? What well, led you down that it path? It is a cutthroat business, and I, I don't dispute that for a second, but it's and it's a bit like the Lance Armstrong thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did it. Yeah, I, I cheated, but everyone was cheating. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. we cheated salad crap, but we weren't the only ones. Yeah. Well, okay, well, when the other ones are found out, then they can be, you know, face their trials as well, but... Is it is it that far beyond people when they get to a certain level of success or power? That is it that far beyond them to to want to do the right thing? You know, like yeah. is a premiership. You still have to sleep at night. You still have to go and look your family in the eye. Exactly. And you've got two sets of books. Like, could you imagine? You know, if he's if he's got you know kids and stuff like that, that stuff gets out. Yeah. Kids, you know, especially if it was a teenage, you know, teenage kids. Yep. Um. You know, their their friends are you know play football or or whatever. They know what's going on. They see it in the papers. That's yep. your that's your old man. That's it. That's fucking committed a crime. Yep. And I'm sure he wasn't alone, but he was he was certainly the guy that that, that was a lot of the media attention was focused on, and, and rightfully so. He was he was the guy at the head of the at the head of the the table. But you know, you again. It's success and, and power and greed. If you can't, if you can't go through your days, and and if your general disclaimer is, well, can I go home and look my family in the eye after doing this? You know, you know, if things get to the stage where you think that you know, we even have to have that internal sure, monologue with you yourself. Know it's wrong. Like, you know, where you're like, if I do this, will I be? Able to? I mean, you know, what? If you've got to ask a question about that course of action, then it's probably not the correct exactly course of right. action to undertake. And what about his wife? You know. His wife's still going to have to, you know, she might not work, let's say, for instance. She's still going to have to go and, 
you know, have coffee with their friends or whatever. Yeah. And fuck it. They're going to have to be the ones trying to defend you in, against the indefensible. Exactly. It shouldn't be that hard to do the right thing. And and like I said, I, I don't doubt that there's there's still goings on within the salary cap and, and other sports administration, etc., player recruitment and, and stuff like that, which is, is less than above board. Yep. And, um, you know, there's there's obviously a lot of people that – probably avoid making eye contact with themselves in the mirror <laughs> but yeah it'd be interested to hear what people think about it and especially uh, Melbourne fans as well I think Melbourne fans have just taken such a beating over the years that now they're kind of like circle the wagons and you know what I mean yeah look there's but he a- wasn't there we remember when the verdict came down he wasn't there he yeah. was at the Rebels and got fired there because they're like okay you know so I wonder what they I mean, I think, I wonder if it's like, you know, do they circle the wagons on the club or are they like, you know, fuck that guy? You know, he fucked us over so bad or... Yeah, I just, I find it, and as I said all along, I find it hard to believe that there was just one guy with knowledge. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, um, it's 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 very, very hard to believe and, and you can feed me all the stories and all the admissions of, of, of people and I'll, I'll never believe that there was just one bloke that knew about it and everyone else was completely oblivious. Yep. I find it very hard to believe. Um, look, I... I, I it's, it's not for me to accept his apology or otherwise. I just think it was... Um, there was an apology there and it was fairly articulate um, and, and he obviously got his point across, but I think it probably got lost in a lot of the other... Mitigating factors that yeah, he kind of presented and things like after that. And yeah. there was a lot that he said before he got to the apology, which was yeah. like softening the blow yep. so to speak yep. so one of those apologies moving right along more apologies coming from the NRL uh, the commission chairman John Grant has apologised for his manly seagulls and Cronulla Hawks gaps while announcing the Kangaroos team on Sunday afternoon they were unacceptable errors I've got no idea where it came from I made a mistake simple as that there's nothing in my mind that identifies manly other than the seagulls or Cronulla as the sharks it's ridiculous there's no explanation than other than to acknowledge a total error I feel very uncomfortable about it in terms of manly and Cronulla it's not it's just an error that I'm sorry I made. It's not where I want to be as a person. And um, they say that... Well, the, the person who appears to be sca- getting scapegoated for this is uh, the media manager, Dave Taylor. He was responsible for typing Manly Seagulls on the media release, which Grant read from. But he, he went on to say, another error from the media department doesn't make up for the fact I made too. Um Damien Keogh, the chairman of the Sharks, he wasn't too concerned. He said, I'm going to give John the benefit of the doubt. I'm not sure how it happened because I'm sure he knows our brand. It's just one of those slip-ups. I'm not going to crucify him over it. Uh, his uh, Grant's uh, term as commission chairman officially ends in February next year. Uh, <laughs> does this does this do damage to his chances of staying on? Uh, he's... Uh, there's a process to reappoint the chair every time. Uh, his, his term was for three years. He may decide to contest or, you know, stay on. So I wonder if uh, this gets thrown in his face by someone hungry for a, yeah. for the role. It's, you know, Dave Smith's had a couple. Yeah, Benji um, Barber. Benji Barber. And but to be fair, he was from out, outside the game, outside the country even, you know. That's, like, that's beside the point. And it was like immediate, like, you know, I mean, since then, I think he's been pretty solid. I agree. I just think that it's it's not a, it's embarrassing oh, as far as nice. I'm concerned, and I think you know, I've spoken before about um, the NRL overall. I just get the feeling they they have a real inferiority complex 
um, and I don't think they they give themselves enough credit for for how big they could be and and how dominant they could be in, in Australia's sporting marketplace and 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 pushing into um, to other markets overseas as well. Um, I think the product is is very appealing um, as a sport. I just think they get hung up on um, on on certain factors, and you know within the Australian, you know they're very very um, defensive when it comes to the AFL. But when you look yep. at the two products, the NRL shouldn't really be that concerned. You always you know keep your friends close and your enemies closer, as I say. But um, I think the NRL doesn't really have shouldn't really have a, a great deal to worry about as far as the, a, the AFL or uh, rugby union for that matter. Um, and soccer is, is, you know, a bit of a sleeping giant and and there's a lot that goes on with soccer that, you know, their peaks and troughs, you know, anywhere around a World Cup. Too, yeah, yeah, World, World Cup year is, is, is fairly popular and if the soccer is don't go too good, it, it sort of falls off for a year or so. Yep. But when you have administrators that... And and it's it's a simple error, and and I've got no doubt that John Grant's been involved with rugby league long enough that he knows um, which club Manly from and, yeah. and who who you know represents Cronulla. But it's very embarrassing, and it very. speaks of a little bit of amateur hour. His apology was was clear. It was almost cringeworthy. Like you could just feel like the embarrassment <laughs> that yeah. he's currently feeling. Sure, and you know I I, I do feel for him. I'd, like I said, I don't have any doubt that he's a lifelong rugby league guy and, exactly. and he knows exactly who they are. But from from a, a fan's perspective, um, you know, you want your administrators to get it right. Yep. Um, you know, you, you, you look at, you know, some of the biggest sports in the world and, you know, look at, you know, David Stern recently um, stood down from the NBA, but he's, he, he just didn't make mistakes like that, really. If they did, they were few and far between. Yep. I think he knows what team plays in Chicago and what play, team plays in New York. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Just, just fairly <laughs> simple stuff, guys. <laughs> um, it's been a bit of a weird time around the selection, as it always is, rep weekend. You know, players getting picked can't do it. Players, you know, coming from the clouds generally because they're the fourth choice for a position after a lot of withdrawals. There's the dubious withdrawals too. They really injured, they not injured. Albert Kelly... <laughs> Was uh, he was actually looking to get into the countryside as halfback, but uh, he was ruled out of contention without undergoing a medical. Basically, because reports emerged from Leichhardt Oval on Sunday that he'd been sent to hospital over fears of a broken leg, and so he was therefore immediately ruled out by selectors. They didn't check up on this. They didn't give him a, a medical, and uh, he was apparently nowhere near a hospital and thought he'd only suffered a bad cork. So it's not certain that he would have been able to play on Sunday, but he was upset he'd been immediately ruled out, and his manager rang New South Wales Country Rugby League boss Terry Quinn to complain. Albert Kelly was in our starting lineup until he injured himself, Quinn told the Courier Mail yesterday. Well, he can't play if he has a fractured leg. <laughs> told that Kelly's leg had yet to be diagnosed, Quinn said Titans medical staff had made the young halfback unavailable. Titans officials were last night unsure if any of their staff had been contacted about Kelly after their win over the Tigers, but it remained hopeful he'll play South Sydney in two weeks. So... Um, I'd like to know if Clark Kent is on the Titans medical staff. Bit of yeah. x-ray vision into fucking Albert Kelly's thigh. Detected a fracture. Ruled him yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, strange. But, uh, yeah, bad luck for Albert Kelly because uh, I thought he probably would Again, have been in country it's half, pretty but... embarrassing. And I think the whole um, selection situation for the rep weekend is, is fairly... Again, it's a bit amateur hour. They really should just keep it covert. Decide on who the teams are going to be. 
make contact with every single player on their list or get a medical to get, you know, like before they make the announcement. You know what I mean? Yeah. Bring the announcement back a day. Take the time to do your due diligence, find out if a player is going to be able to play or not, or if he's going to have a fake injury and, you know, won't be able to play. So when you actually do name the team, it's a team that you're 99% of things can happen, but you're 99% sure that that's going to resemble the squad that you picked. What happened? Like, what happens if they, you know, they ring a bunch of different clubs and they're ringing, you know, fucking Cronulla for their third string hooker? Yeah. It's like, well, what about this bloke? Can we pick him? Nah. <laughs> All right. Have you got anyone else? Who's <laughs> <laughs> like below him? If you picked him, if he's your third string, so you got your starter, you got your backup, you got this bloke, he none of them are available. Who's next? What's where does he come from? Well, you would suspect that uh, you know I might be totally off base here, but you would suspect that, especially with the young guys, as they're potentially you know their first or one of their first rep jumpers you think those guys would be jumping at the opportunity if they were physically mm. able to do it you know there's no way you could stop and hold them back from playing this game it's the guys I think that are kind of on a bit of a you know like a merry-go-round like Ennis yeah not really realistic like he wouldn't be realistically selected for Origin but they wanted to play the city country match and it's a long season and he's like well fucking you know you're going to pick Farrah anyway if he's fit why you know why bother those guys I think would be more likely Did to pull out money? how much money for city well, I just get money for it Huh? They get decent money. Rep money's decent, isn't it? Yeah, but city country, really? Oh, you'd think they'd pick up like at least five Gs, wouldn't you? Fuck me, really? No. You'd have They're to... playing the game in fucking downtown Dubbo. Yeah, but that's because it's a part of, you know, taking the game to the you know, to to the regional areas as a part of the city country concept. I mean it's not a you know what I mean? The uh, I mean, rep payments are So rep the rep payments just come out of the fucking coffers of the NRL. Don't know. Someone can. Someone who's more sure, in the process. I'm, sure they would. I'm, I'm not sure that's a sound investment. Oh no! You sell think. three fucking cold pies at Dubbo Showgrounds. Yeah, I think it's more about you know attempting to grow the game or take you know in quotes well, bigger I'm, games to it's you not know working the city country concept as much as I like it. I think I it's think good. It sucks. I think it's good for country rugby league, but it's not been taken seriously by the masses. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's good as a spectacle to take the country to country rugby league venues and regional venues. That part of it's excellent, but as like a you know, uh, just it, it can be just a one-off game. Don't call it like a selection trial for Origin because yeah. it never fucking is, it's it never has shit, been. And, yeah, that's bullshit. There's so just, many people that don't get picked for the city country game because they already know they're in the Origin. You yeah. know, they're, they're walk-up starters for Origin. Exactly, exactly. And there's so many people who get trounced in the city country game and still they're still going to get picked anyway. Exactly. And yeah. alternatively, you know, people carve up in the city country game and don't get picked anyway. Yep, yep, exactly. And uh, lastly, the coach couple of people sent us this over Twitter, you know, on the weekend. Uh, Matthew McInerney and John O'Pont were the, uh, the two of the main offenders. Thecoach.cc is the website to take yourself to if you haven't seen this before. Now, we were looking at this website on the weekend when it was first, when it first kind of broke as existing. And, you know, being that I'm involved in, you know, my day job is, is doing websites and stuff, I'm in the, I'm in the source saying, so, you know, what do they do to build this website? Can I find any information about who's behind it? And it was, it, it was the website was built by a guy who has a photography business and it's, and he just basically he must charge people to make websites with that Wix like free sort of editor so what you get a budget fucking hopeless websites made by a spastic and 
that's the first thing. It was cheap. The language around it was more like that it wasn't a real thing. It was a pitch to become a real thing. Like, you know, maybe they'd done a pilot episode or something. You then go and watch the video tab and there's like a trailer for it. And there's, and they've got this, it's the coach and Ricky Stewart, blah, blah, blah. And you're thinking, yeah, whatever. But Ricky Stewart's in that trailer. And he's like, oh, you know, I'm going to, you know, you know, play, you know. Like, a real contract. Yeah. yeah play, 75, you know, I'm going to take 13 dollars. players from around, you know, Asia Pacific, you know, region. And, you know, one of them, I'm going to test them in ways that they've never been tested before. And <sighs> blah, by blah, trying blah. to understand what the fuck I'm trying to coach. <laughs> I'm going to put the, the overhead projector on and they're going to have to read the fuck out of what I put up what on there too. What sport are we trying to learn here, Ricky? Doesn't resemble but, rugby league. So, so then I'm thinking, well, obviously Ricky Stewart is complicit. That is Ricky Stewart. It's not a doppelganger or an impersonator. That is actually him. So, okay, I ruled out immediately that it was it was just. Well, he a, did have sunglasses a, on the whole time. It was Ricky Stewart, no doubt about it. But it, so, like, okay, it's not like a you know some sort of parody thing. You know, mm-hmm. like I ruled, but, but like it, so, okay, it's like a pilot. But no, it was so budget, looked so budget. This cannot happen until the Sydney Morning Herald, an article. He's the coach of the Canberra Raiders and has been busy re-signing the club's young talent. But Ricky Stewart will also be the face of a groundbreaking rugby league reality television show designed to find the next NRL superstar. The coach will feature 15 unsigned league players who will be put through a series of tests and the prize is a full-time contract with an NRL club. Stewart didn't want to go into details about the program when contacted on Friday morning as his focus was on the game against Manly. Obviously, his focus was on the coach. Uh, the TV show, he said, it's a concept I'll be working on in the off-season, and at this stage, I'm not going to make any other comment about it because I've got a game to prepare for. A Raiders spokesman said Stewart's involvement with the program wouldn't affect his commitments with the Raiders. It's been reported he would attend a camp with a short list of 100 contestants during the week of the Raiders' first buy on June 13. And it'll be at Leichhardt Oval, Glenn. Most of the filming for the Fox Sports show yeah. would take place at the University of New England in Armidale once the Raiders season is over. The Raiders have been reported, along with the Bulldogs, Roosters, Panthers and Storm, as clubs that would be interested in signing the winner of the program to a $75,000 contract, which would be exempt from the salary cap. So it's likely to end up on TV in October and November, which will allow the winner to begin pre-season training with his club. I like the idea of it. I think it could have been better thought out in that you could actually get a proper coach. We were dead set to host it. I was ready to launch into this show for 20 minutes flat. Just fucking bam, 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 bam. Like, because it was like a parody of a parody thing. But now it's actually real. Yeah, it's not particularly well done. It's like that. It's like that soccer, soccer superstar, or yeah, and um, and cricket. You know, remember those shows they had on Fox? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's going to be the rugby league version of that. It's it's they're trying to be the ultimate fighter. Is what they're trying to do. Yeah, that kind of that kind of thing. I mean, like the football superstar, that had a couple of seasons, didn't it? Mm. There was a couple of seasons on that show. I don't know how the guys who won ever actually went. You know, yeah, I think they were playing for Sydney FC or something, weren't they? I'm not sure. Yeah, and the I cricket one. I couldn't tell you what the cricket one. What happened there? I didn't watch an episode of it. I think the guy, you know, was it Shane that won? Shane ended up marrying, helping out with Liz Hurley there for a while. Oh, he won. He Quite won. a handy bowler. Yeah, cricket superstar. Um, I just. I find it hard to believe that Ricky Stewart has the time. Well, maybe it's obvious he has the time because he's spending fuck all time with Canberra training them how to be rugby league professionals. Doesn't work after September. He doesn't even work into September. No. So he's got a couple of extra... second job stacking shelves. So he's got a couple of extra months there up his sleeve that, you know, guys like Toby don't have. It looks looks fairly budget. It looks fairly... um, 
underdone as far as I'm concerned. Admittedly, we've only seen a little bit of a trailer. And you know what? Um, we haven't really seen seen anything, anything of it. It's hard to really put a, an assessment on the production value because the trailer, the way it finishes off, it's like going, you know, the show will surprise and you entertain. Know, entertain and, you know, delight. It was like a pitch thing. You know, that, that video is the video that they took to Fox to say, look, we've got an idea for a show. Ricky Stewart's on board. We've got fucking Armadale University there. You know that's where that's going to provide the you know the training facilities. Here's a here's the uh, the buzz. You know here's a sizzle reel. Fucking look at this. A sizzle reel. And, uh, Listen to you. <laughs> I used to work in Adland. Sizzle reel. <laughs> Damn. And, uh, and I guess it remains to be seen as any steak at the end of the sizzle. <laughs> I don't have high hopes, but because it's rugby no. league and it's in the off season, I know I'm going to watch it. Yeah, I'm, I know I'm sure I'm going to get watch it. Watching this shit. It's probably going to be crap, but I will suffer through it. And it's like you know, combining the excitement of the NRL with the best of reality TV. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Why are we talking like this? Because that's the way serious voiceover men talk about the coach, starring Ricky Stewart. If I was Ricky Stewart, I'd talk like this all the time, even in press conferences when I get beaten by 50. (laughs) I'm Ricky Stewart. And you know what I mean. Recaps kicking off, and uh, we had a, a, sh- a veritable smorgasbord of Anzac Day action, and kicked off with the traditional clash between the Sydney Roosters and the St George Illawarra Dragons, and it was a fucking drubbing this time, thirty-four to fourteen. The Roosters won, and uh, tries to uh, to uh, Aidan Guerra, Daniel Tupo, Anthony Minicello, Jake Friend, Boyd Cordner, and two dads, Short Kelly Dow. We have Maloney five from five conversions. And uh, two of us to check out a crack. Missed that one. Uh, the Dragons tries Ben Cray, Nathan Green, and uh, Jared Beale. One of three conversions from Widdop. And that's all she wrote. Yeah, I think the Roosters showed some signs of their best form, especially in attack. A um, couple of... I mean, there's one try in particular where it was just fucking ridiculous. And the Dragons didn't play the whistle and were yep. punished for it. Um Unfortunately, they, they still did lapse into a fair few errors there and um, gave the Dragons a, a bit of a chance if they were good enough, which ultimately they weren't. Just, I think, worrying signs for the Roosters. Is, um, again, like I said, some of those errors. Ben Cray diving over from dummy half. You need to have a look at yourselves. It's pretty much a worst-case scenario for goal line defence. Yeah. Really? You just... You'd imagine every day this week they'll be... It would be on goal. It's like, we, we've hit rock bottom, guys. Well, I mean, you, you can understand it in, in the sense that they see Ben Crow with the ball and immediately they start thinking, he's going to be backing up. Yeah. He's going to be backing away. He's not coming for us. We can relax. So I can understand how you can lapse a little bit in that respect, but not good enough. Um, Pretty good spectacle, though. I thought the crowd was reasonable. 35. Yep. I believe it was a Dragons fan who won the who won the, the prize of being the fuckhead who, who piped up during the minute silence. Really? Yeah. He's a Dragons fan this time. Got some comments on the minute silence at Suncorp too. Yeah. Um, do you want to go through that now or? No, no, we'll wait till we get that game. Yeah. I heard, I heard, I heard there was, there was stuff happening in the minute silence. Yeah. From what I could hear, you know, um, telecast, not live. 
Anzac Day, I um, went to the dawn service down at Springfield, and it's it's amazing how how big it's getting, mm. and um, it seems to be getting. I've been going to dawn services for a long time, but specifically since um, or when Jackson was wasn't yet born, um, we started going as it, you know, obviously myself and Nicklin and. And then once Jackson come along, we've been pretty much every year other than the year I was in Kokoda. So um, when you see like crowds getting out and supporting, you know, the football and the whole spectacle of, of Anzac Day footy, and um, it's it shows that the, the respect for it is growing and, and yep. the um, the support is growing. But uh, just there's, there's just always a gronk. There's always one. Yep. It's very painful. Usually sporting a Southern Cross tattoo. <laughs> I um the dragons they blasted out of the blocks this season and you know had a lot of their gronkish fans talking them up and now they're Choking. starting to get back I don't think they're they're going to be as bad as what we expected them to be but I, I, I don't know that they're really a top eight side they're a top eight side when it clicks Sorry? They're a top eight side when it clicks. When, when the problem Widdop, is, that's the trick, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's their forwards. You always know what you're going to get from Widdop, but and, and also Dugan, but if they don't have the time and the space to do their thing off the back of the forwards, yeah. and I just don't think their forwards are that consistent. I think Tyson Frizzell, he's been rewarded with, was he 18th man for one yeah. of the rep teams for yep. City, I think it was? Yep. Um, He's quite a good footballer. I've never really, um, never really paid a lot of attention to him. But geez, he's pretty consistent. Yep. Runs the ball bloody hard. He's a good defender. Um, if you know, he he's probably sets a good example there in the forward pack. But <clears throat> I just think up front they're probably lacking that little bit of size. Um, so there are times where their mobility um, gives them gives the guys like Widdop and, and Dugan the space to move. Um, by way of the forwards' mobility, and they get on top that way. But when it becomes a real arm wrestle, they they struggle. Yep, fair call. TBI Penguin. That uh, when the Roosters are doing well, the NRL is doing well. Lucky Shane Hayne on the case today. Hash sick of your shit NRL. And this is the theme of the tweets actually. Jeremy underscore Jack zero one. If I were a Dragons fan, I'd be complaining about the most one sided refereeing I've ever seen. But I'm not sucked in Dragons. <laughs> so I, you know, watching the game. I didn't think it was like cra- like a crazy, like, you know, a ref's fault situation. However, Dragons fans and some non-Dragons fans, pretty uh, pretty irate at the uh, the way the game was refereed. I, um, I'm loathe to, to go the ref's fault route every time. I think there was a, there was a <coughs> fair few... Errors and missed tackles, etc., that the Dragons have to take on ownership of that led to directly to Roosters' points. And it's easy to make the argument for penalties and field position and all the rest of it. And mm-hmm. and I get where they're coming from, but I'm just, tired. I'm tired of hearing about this ref's fault shit lately. Hey, yeah, that's ironic. It's, 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 it's just I'm just tired of it. People need to fucking suck it up. Is that right, Nathan? Yeah. You fucking troll. I've been tired of it the whole time I've been fucking doing this show, but it hasn't stopped you. <laughs> I don't think I've ever uttered the term other than when talking about someone else. Also, on Anzac Day, New Zealand Warriors 16, 
down in Melbourne's house to feed the storm 10. The uh, point scorers, the Warriors had tries to uh, David Fisitua, Sean Johnson, Felitti Mateo. And uh, we had Sean Johnson getting only one of three conversions and a penalty goal. The Melbourne Storm tries to Kevin Proctor and young Tonamapia. Cameron Smith, one from two conversions for their 10 points. Funny is some of these hoodoos that are going in the NRL at the moment. This, this one is... This is actually a thing. It's a real thing. It's, it's, it's much like the Canberra and Dragons one. The first time... Remember in the finals at the time, and it was like, oh, you know, the Warriors always go well in Melbourne. I mean, but it wasn't like they were winning. They just, you know, they put up but a it, good fight, and then they jagged it, like jagged it. And ever since, it's actually been a thing. A legit hoodoo. Did they beat the Storm... After the salary cap thing broke, that was a Monday. Yeah, they, game, I think. they, uh, yeah, they no, should. no, no, no. After the salary cap thing, they got fucking destroyed like by forty. Oh, okay. The storm, the storm smashed so teams by forty for the first so couple weeks. So it started in two thousand eleven, in the finals of two thousand eleven. Uh, that's when that's the year the Warriors made the grand final against Manly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, was there a final before then? Though were they not? Were they? Were they got the storm the first week? But didn't make it through. Oh yeah, they did. Yeah. Get them in the um, and they were eight eighth seed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Eighth, eighth, eighth v first. Yeah. Yeah, and they did beat them. Yep. It's a real thing. Yeah. It's and I wonder how much of that plays on the minds of the the storm or Bellamy and and how much confidence the Warriors take out of it because they. They haven't really... The Warriors overall haven't really been setting the world on fire. They've yeah. had some good performances, but fairly scratchy ones as well. I'd like to think the professional sports people would definitely, if you were the Warriors, you take a lot out of it. Like, you know, it'd be, you know you'd be up for, up for the game. That kind of thing. It only I would takes think that, a little edge, eh? Yeah, I, I, would, I would imagine that the on the flip side, though, the, the coaching staff and everything, you know, the way the systems are in place for games, you know, for teams this, in coaching in this day and age, I would imagine that, you know, the negative side of things probably wouldn't come into it. Yeah. I, well, I wouldn't imagine Bellamy going, well, we're fucked, mate. Yeah, well, Boys, you know, we traditionally lose this game. Yeah. Guys, don't, don't... Don't try. Don't let that colour your mindset going in, all right? Don't worry about the record that they've got here and how they always beat us. Don't <laughs> give that a thought, guys. Um, on top of the hoodoo, the Storm, they always seem to be off the back of Sean Johnson as well. Yep. And not obviously him, only him, but... He just seems to have a moment of putting on big plays against Melbourne Storm, yep. which is saying something because he's he's not only is he playing against probably one of the best halfbacks in the competition, um, but the Storm's defensive structure is specifically designed to to nullify players like Sean Johnson. Yep. Um, much like um, they used to have trouble with Benji back, you know, Benji at his best days. The Tigers traditionally went okay against the Storm because. Um, but just the way the Melbourne Storm was structured, um, normally that sort of ad lib play, they can snuff it out, yep. so to speak, because it does require a bad read or a bad decision here. Yep. But Johnson yep. always seems to get them. So um, another thing for the Warriors is Felitti Mateo. He's back. <laughs> Barely has his name been mentioned this season. That's because so he's been fucking in Reggie's and stuff, though. He's yeah. been hopeless. Yeah. Unbelievable. But he's another guy that has the ability to pull... He's much like Chris Ninu too, though. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Very, very much rocks and diamonds, and you cannot hear from him for, you know, months and months and months, and all of a sudden he pops up and puts on a big play. So, yeah. Um, whether that's 
you know, going to be a sign that Mateo's coming back to form or whether we will be back in Reggie's within a couple of weeks, who knows. But good win for the Warriors, one they, they really needed if they've got any finals aspirations. And um, it was good to see the hoodoo continue. Mup23 said, uh, reports from Bureau of Meteorology that the Melbourne Storm have been downgraded to a slight breeze. <laughs> Former underscore legend. Two minutes left. Storm are down by six. Expect the siren to go in 20 minutes' time. <laughs> Shunter86. Billy Slater clearly outplayed by Sam Tompkins. That's no form slump. That's a flat-out decline. And it's a hash big two in a bit. <laughs> Scotty Eel said, uh, obvious now it wasn't the big three that made Widdop look good. It was Widdop making them three nuffies look good. Hash, storm drying up. Eagle-eyed Kiwi. Is it too soon to start saying Storm's big two? Game on the line and Slater looked like Farrah in origin. Hash, Slater in decline. <laughs> I was with you right up until that last bit. <laughs> and uh, a Twitter account, I think it's a new one. I think it was an egg when I actually copied this tweet. Melbourne Grubs. <laughs> said, I'd love to see the Melbourne Grubs get beat again. Bellamy's poor grubby tactics have shone through again. Hash, Purple Pride. It's hard for me to hate on Purple Pride. Look at my shirt. I wonder if it's. I wonder if it's a. Uh, you know, this Melbourne Grubs is another account set up in our in our honour. I don't know. Like Louis Karma and you know Glenn Blakely wannabe and. It's pretty sad, isn't it? Really? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. It's though. Very sad. All right, next game, the last game on Anzac Day, the South Sydney Rabbitohs twenty-eight defeated the Brisbane Broncos twenty-six, and uh, this one the tries went to. Uh, Croisau, Alex Johnson, Greg Inglis, fantastic try to Greg Inglis, George Burgess, and Oava. We had Adam Reynolds getting three from five conversions and a penalty goal, a crucial penalty goal at the death. The Broncos, their 26 came from tries to a double to Andrew McCulloch, Lachlan Moranta, Matt Gillett, and Jack Reed. Corey Parker, one from three conversions, Ben Hunt, two from two. So goal kicking, indeed, the difference on the night. It must be origin time, Greg Inglis. Yeah, and look, you know these. I mean, it, it was spectacular. But oh yeah, there's a lot of shit. Terrible missed tackles. You could see the moment he kicked the ball, mm-hmm. and it was. I have to say, um, Hunt's kicking game. They're just the Broncos are competing in games. Yep. But the reason why that they're falling away at the back end of games, and people are clawing ref, refs folding this one till the cows come home, and. Um, but the reason why they're falling apart is that they can't build or maintain pressure yep. via their kicking game. Yep. They can't... They Just some of the options, you know, that game was there to be won after they'd come back from 14-0 down and look like they were going to be done 100-0. Yep, yep. They fought their way back into the game quite well, I thought. Took and, a lead in the halftime. Yeah. Um... And then it's just kick it down Inglis's throat all night. Kick mm-hmm. it straight to him. Yep. Um, you know, pump it into the corners. Get repeat sets. That's it's. And it's also it's dropping dropping the ball tested. like you know. Sorry. Dropping the ball forty meters out from their line. You know when the when that set really needed to be completed and yeah. get downfield because you're thinking field goal or whatever. You know, because South, I mean, you know, to to uh, to no one's credit, South were fucking hopeless in the second half when yeah. they were trying to come back when that game was 26-20 uh, to the Broncos. Mm. And South are trying to fucking get back into it. And they had, like, I remember there was the, they forced two line dropouts in a row or, you know, they must have had four or five sets in a row. And they did not have a fucking clue 
what they were doing. They applied no pressure apart from a kick on the end where they'd scoop up the fullback or whoever picked up mm. the ball. And it took th- that situation where the Broncos got the ball back, were rucking it out, and then Chris, M- Chris McQueen sort of reefed the ball out for himself, caught it, put on a decent run, you know, 20, 30-minute run to get it down to about 15 out. And then off the back of that, they finally got some points. Mm. So... I am... Um Again, the, the English run, and, and that's that was my point about Hunt's kicking game. It was a spectacular try, but the kick was ordinary. The chase was ordinary. Chase was worse, yeah. And if, you, if you're running at Greg Inglis with a... You couldn't even call it a staggered line. It's just like a, yeah. it was a handful a, of defenders. It was just a patchy running. line. There was, yeah. Like, yeah, there was a clump of four guys, and then there was a space, and yeah. And that's what you get, yep. unfortunately. Um, Made him look like a fucking genius, though. Got to tell you that the obstruction call, as always, they're fifty-fifty, and you never know which way they're going to go. And you see on Twitter whenever it goes to the video ref, everyone's going, you know, heads or tails. And um, so even if the obstruction call fifty-fifty, that was not even fifty-fifty. That was eighty-twenty for for a green light. Okay. Yeah, I, I, was, and I mean, I saw Broncos people saying, "Yeah, there's no problem with it." I mean, it's a letter yeah. of law. That was fine. Perfectly yeah. fine. Um, I don't th- at the game it looked to me like the Broncos were dudded as far as the the strip call on Ben Hunt I thought that was pretty harsh you know two people in a tackle you're going high with your hands around the ball and the ball comes out I mean it was a, I mean let's not let's not let's not mince words here. it was a fucking loose carry you know absolutely abs- every, all day however I don't think he was going for the ball though well, he was. De- I think he was trying to get his arms around him, but it all happened. He was definitely to the- trying. He was. He was trying to wrap the ball up okay. to slow the play, the ball down, and stop an offload. It's- I think the guy. I think the tackler around the, around the legs was always going to stop the offload because he was coming down like a tree. Mm. Like there's, you know, he he, he wasn't holding, standing up in the tackle and yeah. that kind of thing. You know, I mean, he's had such because because he had such forward momentum because he was charging at the time. And then the tap. Yeah. The, the quick tap, and they've called. I think the call was they called Parker offside. Yeah. Yeah. As a guy who ran past and knocked the ball out. Yeah. No, that's fine. I mean, South, South, uh, you know. Had they, he run they, 10 metres? No. No, no, I hadn't run very far at all, had he? So, and that's hard, you know, when, you, when you're at the game and you don't, you don't have the access to as many replays. You had a lot of booze. Yeah, in your ears, there was a lot of booze and, and plastic bottles getting chucked in. <laughs> Look, I, th- I think it was a loose, a loose carry from Burgess, but I mean, fuck, you see that every week in every single game. God, I mean, you know, it's, it's up to you, to, you know, for the ball security. At the end of the day, mm. you know, he didn't he didn't drop it to milk it either. No, you know, it was just a it was just a loose a, a loose carry and and it sucked. That then the you know, then South yeah Broncos were well on the back foot and then South just kept it rolling, kept it rolling, got the other penalty, uh, and you know kicked a, a good penalty goal you know to, to narrowly get in front. Yeah, but I think the Broncos did really really well um, to make this a really you know tightly contested game. Uh, after going down very heavily early, you know, fourteen nil after thirteen minutes, I think. It yeah, was. It looking was, like a rabble. It looked like it was going to be anything, and you could get the feeling in the crowd there was no confidence that that flood of points was going to stop. Yep. Um. And then they they fucking turn it around, and that's a credit to them. But I just think when the game really was there for the taking and to be closed out, they they couldn't get it done. Yep. And it's something they've struggled to do since Lockyer hasn't been there. They have the struggle yep. to build pressure and maintain pressure via their kicking game because 
Hunt hasn't been able to do it, and I don't know that Barber has the kicking game. If no. he was to play 5-8, Josh Hoffman certainly doesn't. No. Um, McCulloch. I don't think he's got the same sort of kicking. He's not, not what they need. I mean, he he's might not be a, a, he's not a Cam Smith or a he Rob Farrah type. Yeah, he might be an alternative. Yeah. I mean, he's not going to jump out of dummy half and kick a 40-20 like a Matty Ballon or whatever, you know. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I, I worry about their ability to close out games if they can't find a way via Ben Hunt's boot to pump that ball into the corners and, and get good results and make teams have to really work overtime to get the field position that they need to get a win when the Broncos should be on the front foot yep. um, when they take a lead late in the game and, and close it out. Todd H1987. Wow, what a fuck-up the refs just had in that win for Hash, LOL, Souths. Unbelievable game to watch either way, but fuck me. We had a Aussies fan. Fuck me. <laughs> this is a common theme. Another week of NRL refs altering the outcome of a game. Hash, shit cunts. Hash, how to destroy a great game. Hash, robbed. We had a Jay Stibb. Nearly, oh, no, fucking nearly broke my fucking hand punching the fucking coffee table after the fucking rabbits won. Fucking dodgy rabbit cunts. <laughs> Sensational. Shane Aaron Elvis. When South Jagger win, the rugby league community as a whole wins. Hash, you're welcome. Hash, lest we forget. Hash, the pride of the league. <laughs> Relax. Mitch Dahl, 08. I prefer the George Burgess strip. Less people got fucked by that one. More people want to do that. <laughs> the Ben Z. Big Greg is unstoppable. Ren Dog got his kicking game somewhat sorted. Hope it continues. Hash, my metho tastes sweeter tonight. <laughs> Matt- someone's embracing his future. <laughs> he is. Mad Dog underscore no space. Stop crying refs fight all the time. Broncos lost because they need an actual 5-8 and have no urgency when in front. And uh, Eddie NZ followed it up. Fuck refs fault. We lost because we have no 5-8, no clutch goal kicker, and we consistently, consistently switch off for the last 10 minutes. And uh, and finally, Mup23. The only game the Broncos were behind with 10 to go was their win versus Cowboys. Watch the Korea Mail campaign for 70-minute games. <laughs> Next game, Cronulla Sutherland Sharks 24 defeated the Penrith Panthers 20 at the tip. Ramondis, of course. And uh, the Sharkies' points came from tries to Todd Carney, Michael Gordon, Ricky Latelli, Jeff Robson. Michael Gordon, three from four conversions and a penalty. Defeating the Panthers 20 with tries to Josh Mansour, David Simmons, Simmons Peter Wallace, and uh, Sauer, three from three penalty goals. So three from three conversions, sorry, and a penalty goal. I feel like the Panthers should be better. This is a discussion we had at the start of the season on the, which will no doubt come back on the hits and misses, where the Panthers pre-season were like, oh, they're going to be the big movers, they're going to end up in the A, and I said, they're going to improve, but no, and they're kind of should be better than fucking sharks. They're 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 kind of settling the way that I the the way that I predicted them, you know, and and hope they would, you know, for the sake of my prediction. I mean, they're kind of they are up and down, you know, like I expect them to be. So you know, if they keep it up, I'll be happy. Fafita was horrible again. Severely distracted, obviously. Yeah. And but didn't it come out just before this game that he had signed the four-year deal for blah, blah? And, yeah, but that's you know? embarrassing, surely. Yeah. Yeah, it is. But, I mean, no, the point I was making is that there should have been no distractions. He should, that, that should have been, okay, you pass that, that phase and I'll fuck around with the doggies thing and now it's time to move on and start earning that sweet dogs. shark money. Um, I just... I don't know, maybe this is a sign that, you know, the dogs really have dodged a bullet there. Maybe. He's a long way off where he was last year. Yeah. And yeah. has been all season. You're saying he's a bit of a T-Rex. One good season, get the money. Oh, I mean, he's had a couple of good games this season, but 
Yeah. One in particular the other week when he made fucking a thousand hit ups and thirty odd thousand tackles before half time. But yeah. um I don't know. I just think he's gonna you know, he's got his nest egg now and I just I don't know whether T Rex is the right example, but his uh I just think this is another reason for Sharky's fans to cry. <laughs> <laughs> in two years' time when, when they realise what a horrible investment that's been. Um, on the flip side, I think Idris, again, was hard to handle. Really, you know, the Sharks struggled to put him on the ground. Um, even coming out of their own end, the, you know, they'd, they'd cut the wingers that have a run, um, or the, the fullback would bring it back, and then the wingers would take it, and then Idris would get it. And they'd, you know, the previous three tackles will say they have gone nowhere, and then Eagles... English. Idris single-handedly fucking, you know, drives them up the field on his own. Yep. Um, it's, again, I said it last week, but this is probably the best I've seen him play since the Bulldogs days, uh, where he made his name. Again, I want to see it long-term. Dev, Devon shortage down at Penrith. Yeah, I don't know that he even looks as fit as he did at the Dogs initially, but yeah. um, maybe they're just getting more out of his, um, you know, more work on his power. Uh, oh, he's not distracted now. He hasn't. He's not thinking about you know when, when that TV show is going to ever start. Maybe he's got a sweet gig entertaining at Panthers. We haven't no, heard about. No, we Maybe the Penrith we, nerds. We I'm sure the, they'd be down there the, on a Thursday night, slip a couple of dollars in the pokies, and then go and see the Jamal, Jamal Idris fucking comedy hour or whatever show he's putting on. Trust me, we'd have heard about it from those guys, and they'd have sent us video of it. <laughs> yeah, I am. Um, I'm just disappointed in Penrith. I expect him to be better, and and certainly, um, you know, if it wasn't for the money I picked up on Josh Mansour first try scorer, I would be very pissed off. Unky D trying really hard to come up with a witty tweet for this Sharks Panthers game. But I'm a dickhead, so I got nothing. Just don't care about these two fodder teams. Shunter eighty six. Well, pair my pecker and call me Reek. This game is absolute torture. Sam McNally fifty four eighty two. Until the 68th minute, this was the worst game of the year, but the final 12 have been some of the best footy of the decade. Jesus. <laughs> that, that's, uh, that's hyperbole <laughs> on, on both counts there. Or should I say hyperbole on both both ends of the spectrum there. Three-card magic trick. Penrith beat the Bulldogs. Bulldogs beat the Sharks. Sharks beat the Panthers. Fucking crazy-ass season. Hash put down the bong. Shane. Are we starting to see a bit more of a consistency in the results or results that we sort of expected? Or? Well, no, because the Sharks beat, beat the Panthers. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, consist- yeah, I, I don't, yeah, Warriors, Warriors beat the Storm. I mean, yeah. You know, no, no, I don't think it has settled down quite yet. Uh, Shane Aaron Elvis, Penny's exposed as the pretenders in the Shire. Dull match with a captivating last 20. Both teams clearly need Benji. <laughs> North Queensland Cowboys, 42, defeated the Parramatta Eels, 14, up there at 1300 Teeth Stadium. Cowboys, their points came through tries to Jonathan Thurston, Matt Scott, double to Kane Linnett, double to Curtis Rona and uh, Michael Morgan. Thurston, 7 from 7 conversions. And uh, the Parramatta Eels, 14 points came from tries to Ken Sio, Paulie Paulie, and uh, Sandow, 2 from 2 conversions and a penalty goal. I think the next two games will show just how much Parramatta have, have improved, um, especially mentally. You know, aside this one, two wooden spoons on the trot, a couple of losses now. This one, 
Uh, they were right in up yep. to half time and, and then just fell away in the second second half really graphically. Um, whether they have the, the mental strength to, to come back and put some, some better performances together to, to right the ship or whether they continue, you know, in a downward spiral and and head towards a third spoon in a row, it's it's going to be a big test for them. If they were still coached by Ricky Stewart, you wouldn't have to really ask that no. question. But You'd just pencil um, them in for the spoon. That's right. But Brad Arthur's a different coach and the Parramatta are a different team this year. And I'd um, be keen to see how they go and how their fans react over the next couple of games and whether, you know, win or lose, whether their, especially their defensive performance is um is far better than what it was in this game because there was a lot of missed tackles in the second half and um I think the Cowboys I don't think they the Cowboys were, were scintillating in attack they they got um, out to a good start yeah almost completely pegged back and in the second half it was on twenty four nil I think it was so yeah I mean that's that's not a Brad Arthur coach side defensive attitude mm, exactly so that's the part that has to really turn around. I said it for English earlier, it must be origin time. You look at Matt Scott, Jonathan Thurston's involvement yep. was really high. Yep. Um, he'd had some pretty dud games to start the season. Could have been a product of Louis getting dumped Sorry? too. Could have been a product of Louis getting dumped. He would have taken all his ball maybe. Yeah, and you know, probably a little bit more, um, you know, with Ray Thompson and, and in days gone by when Ray Thompson was playing half, um, JT would, would obviously assume the mantle and... And take you know almost absolute control of the attack, and, yep. and hence his heavy involvement in games, and and this looked very much like those types of games. Um, but Matt Scott in particular, um, probably the best game I've seen him play all year. Just yep. up front, ploughing through the middle, constant a constant threat, and and it was really tough to put down all night. All right, one last thing, yep. Cowboys playing without Robert Louis, as you mentioned. Had a good, strong win after having struggled with him in there the, the whole season, really. Um, I saw someone tweet that, you know, he'll probably never play first grade again. <laughs> yeah, I don't, don't know, know if that's... Yeah, that's probably a little bit... Uh, yeah. I mean, they'll, you know, they'll find a place for him and if it's not the Cowboys, his contract will lapse and someone will pick him up. Um, and then we can move on to them. <laughs> exactly. Annie O'Brien... My beloved North Queensland Cowboys, please take note of this equation. Cowboys minus Louis equals no bad karma. <laughs> no bad karma equals playing to our potential. Shithead listener. We have utterly gifted this match to the Cowboys. Extremely disappointing effort with way too many shit mistakes. Hash 2012-13 eels. Scotty Eel. Most people use a band-aid when they cut their chin. Brent Tate looks like he's got a fucking stay-free maxi pad with wings on his. <laughs> R-pop. Shh. Matty Scott had an absolute blinder tonight. Definitely the best prop in the game. Not named Aaron Woods. None of you guys have got any decent props. Okay, where were we? Canterbury, Bankstown, Bulldogs, 16, defeated the Newcastle Knights, 12 at ANZ. The points, Bulldogs, 16, came from tries to Mitch Brown, Sam Cassiano, and Aidan Tolman. Trent Hodkinson, two from three conversions. No field goals this week for Dodkinson. And the Knights, 12 points, came from tries to James McManus and Rochow. Tyrone Roberts got a conversion and a penalty goal. Sam Cassiano was big in this game for the Bulldogs um, with some really, really strong carries. Um, looked, you know, he looks horribly overweight, don't get me wrong. Um, and not that he was the, the most felt of gentlemen. He always has, even when he was, you know, in his quote-unquote peak. Sure. In like 2012. Um, 
Just wonder how accurate the rumours are about his ankles being completely shot. That's why teams are shying away from him. Oh, okay. Um, because it's probably, you know, that sort of injury and, and carrying that sort of frame, you wouldn't think that's going to improve. No, he'd have and to, he'd have to, drop, concern, a, he'd have to drop a lot of weight to get to the point where he can run on his ankles consistently and not, you know, have an injury. Exactly. So, um, you know, performances like that, if you can put them together consistently, then the dogs are probably going to get value for money. I just... Um, you couldn't imagine Cassiano being the subject of a of a Fafita type, yeah. You know, approach if you know what I mean. As far yep. as clubs chasing him for huge dollars, I don't know what he's on at the Dogs and and whether in two thousand and twelve um, he got an upgrade as a, as a result of of their performances that season. But um, he's he has been out for a long while with with injury, and there are the, the you know the murmurs that. His ankles aren't up to scratch and aren't going to handle the rigours of, of yep. a long and illustrious NRL career. So, um, interesting how the dogs will handle him. He's, um, he's certainly, if he could manage his minutes, he'd probably. Yeah, you and know, you have to manage, his, manage, player, manage his training too. He'd have to put yeah. him on like the Terry Lamb you know, training schedule. You know, for a young guy, fuck. Yeah. And a young guy that doesn't manage his weight particularly well, like. No. He could be George Rose, like George Rose. Cross mated with Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> um, Alex McKinnon was in the sheds before the game and and uh, watched the game from from Wayne Bennett's coaching box and I, I thought that was a really good sign. That the Knights were really going to come out and, and play with a real intensity um, and passion, but if they couldn't really rise to the occasion here, they I think they're in a little bit of trouble. The Knights. Yeah. I think yeah. it's all. Um, it's all dawning on them. This, this is a long season, and um, you know they've had some emotionally draining times, and it's starting to really reflect in some of the things they're doing on the field. Um, as for the dogs, I think it was another gritty win. They continue to lead the comp, and probably playing finals type football. But I just I think that you know over the coming, certainly through the Origin period, um, they're going to face some bigger tests, and uh, and that'll be their their you know, the real indication as to whether they're premiership contenders. But at the moment, they're not doing a lot wrong. They're playing percentage football. Their, their forwards are going and getting really good roll on early. And um, not the, you know, even without Barber there anymore, they're still, you know, their attack is, is fairly solid and measured. I wouldn't yeah. say it was spectacular. They managed to put, you know... They're managing to put enough points on the board to, to win them games. Yeah. Did you see the the interview with Alex McKinnon the, yes. late last week? So the prognosis looks pretty good, really. I mean, I don't want to, you know, prejudge you know, how it's going to end out, but, I mean, you know, he's talking about playing Connect 4, mm. and, you know, so obviously that's, that's a great amount of movement, you know, in his arms, and, he's, you know, feeling in his legs as well. So, you know, I think, you know, given time and, you know, and rehab, I think it's, it's, it's looking pretty bright for him, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, the Ben Z hash rise for Alex exists, but hash rise for Joey Leilua exists nightly in Glenn's underpants. Hash raging for BJ. Jeez, I don't know about that. Hash would... gay for pay. Let slay BJ in Camaray. <laughs> <laughs> How many characters is that? <laughs> He's spent 140 just on a hashtag. I think. <laughs> At Tirana 355, dogs may be first on the ladder, but going off tonight's performance, they won't be a threat come finals time. Hash lucky. GT351 underscore Johns. 
Happy with the win, even though we weren't at our best and rest were rubbish. My heart is getting a real workout. Go Bulldogs. And Drew underscore Nathan 5. I seriously can't wait for someone to take Boyd off our hands. NRL Knights. That's their Twitter account. Seriously, if some kid offers you a loom band, take it. I don't get it. Loom bands are like rubber band, like braided together, like some schools band yeah. and stuff because, you know, they have different, you know, meanings and colours and things like that. Our kids are too young to be fucking embroiled in this shit in a minute. relate to Darius Boyd? <sighs> um, Drew underscore Nathan Five, can you please explain it better than better, better than I can for Glenn's benefit and uh, send us a tweet. Thank you. Chapo the Creator. We'll take it offline. Chapo the Creator. Once again, the Bulldogs show while well, we'll be the 2014 team of destiny, yeah. even though the refs tried to hand knights the game. I swear he just fucking trots out the same tweet every week. A stamp stamp on you, Chapo. That's it for you. Lift your fucking game. I'd like to put a fucking stamp on him. My boot. Former underscore legend. Alex McKinnon surprises teammates with a visit. Unfortunately, Newcastle's performance didn't surprise Alex. <laughs> Match of the round. Brookvale Oval. Mighty Manly Sea Eagles. 54. Absolutely pumped the Raiders 18. And like the try scorers. Well, it's easy because, you know, <laughs> Peter Hiku. Four tries. Fucking legend. Jamie Lyon got a try. Brenton Lawrence, another one try scoring machine. Anthony Watmo, Brett Stewart, and Jorge Tofua got a magnificent try. Uh, Jamie Lyon, seven from seven conversions. Steve Matai, back to his 2008 days of kicking goals. Two out of two. Defeated the Canberra Raiders 18. An intercept try to Reese Robinson. An intercept try to Jared Croker. And some consolation shit to Jack White and then Josh McCrone. Uh, Croker, one of two. Milford missed both attempted conversions. And one of them was like pretty much in front. Maybe it was five metres to the right of the upright and he's fucking missed it. Unbelievable. Interesting. Just typified their entire afternoon, really. I think Ricky Stewart's lost the plot. Well, this this, this is the thing. I mean, I, and I sort of said this when we were off air before. He's a shit coach. There can be no discussion about it anymore. It's a proven fact. However, that 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 explains a losing team. But you know, it goes beyond being a shit coach. It be go. It's like it's a it's a coach that's lost. You know, that's lost the team. Yeah, it's because, it's it's literally like because they're the ones that are missing the tackles. You know, seven eight games into the season, it's like they're playing the way that you play when you want to get your coach sacked. Yeah. It's the way that they played when... They're playing like they want to get the number one draft pick next year, except they don't realise there's no draft. Sad but true. And, you know, they didn't play this bad. They weren't playing this bad when David Ferner got sacked, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, no, they weren't. I agree. I agree. Um, just in regards, obviously there's been a lot of talk with Glenn Stewart signing with South, that, um, and not specifically with South, but whether Brett Stewart moves on himself and um I've got no doubt that he, he will remain with the club um for for a period of time but just the way Hiku's coming on he's got four tries in this game he's been very very solid at the back and also on the wing in his opportunities there um does the way he's coming on does that bring a premature end to, to Brett Stewart's deal at some point in the nah. in the next few years Hiku's playing first grade in the same team that, that Brett Stewart is so obviously Hiku's moved himself to the position where He's if he can't, if he's not playing fullback, he's for, he's one of the first choice wingers. Yeah, and so he's got his place in first grade side. So, anyway, so everyone's happy. 
He can learn his trade in the side. He'll take his opportunities at fullback when he gets it. Has he re-signed, Hiku? Uh, from what I understand, he either has or he's going to. I mean, I think that, I think he's agreed on the figure and everything. Yeah. And he and we spoke a couple of weeks ago about you know the massive offer coming in from the Warriors, and he's he's rejected that from what from what mm. I hear, and he's staying and he's rejected dogs as well, and he's staying at Manly for less well, money. If that's a if that's the case, and Manly have retained his services, then that's a, it's a bit of a coup for them because. You would think, you know, maybe not this season, but next season, or, or or even the one after. But if if the you know the the clubs that the big money come calling, um, you know they might be forced to ship Brett Stewart off to England to get a bit of a nest egg and and come back in much in a beaver sense. But um, you wouldn't want to let him go. He seems yeah. like too good a player. No, and no, able, no, no. They're, so, they're, they're, sign, they're signing for a three or four year deal, so yeah. he's going to be locked up until after Brett Stewart's career is finished. So, yeah, that's no problem at all. This is a great game in terms of like, you know, the whole life after Glenn Stewart thing. Glenn Stewart was off on the bike injured very early on in the piece. And while he was off, Manly proceeded to absolutely fucking decimate the Raiders. So showing some... I mean, this was one of those games. It was like, you know, the second half of the 2008 Grand Final or it was like the, the 61 nil game against the Dragons in uh, 94, I believe it was. Um it was just one of those games that will go down in history as an absolute white-hot performance, especially in that first half. Where to, to, to lead 42-0 just before half-time is an f- unbelievable fucking thing in this day and age for teams to put a beating on you know a team that badly with some excellent work. And considering this is a massively injury-hit injury side, reshuffled, Glenn Stewart was off the field, Jamie Lyon uh, was named, named at 5 eighths, but then they brought in debutant on... on under the radar, they uh, they named Little John. Well, they told Little John earlier in the week that he was definitely playing, so he could tell his family, "Come on, you know, come come down because I'm, I'm definitely going to be playing first grade." You know, making my debut. They never announced it. They didn't name him in the side. Then just before the side, they named just before the the, the game, they named him on the wing. But the, it was the intention that he was going to be playing five eighth, and so he came into the side, slotted in seamlessly, laid on some awesome passes, set up some tries. Fucking sensational, this kid. And, and it just all play? clicked. Well, this, you know, I saw some people saying, it's "What do embarrassment we, of do riches?" It is. It's, it is an embarrassment. Well, he's he's listed positions as like, a, a, like you know, five eighth uh, winger, center, and uh, something else as well. So he's obviously versatile. And given his debut, uh, he'll he'll they'll slot him in whenever they need to, and with great confidence because he didn't set a foot wrong. And his debut was sensational. I mean, he came close to getting off the mark on the try scoring front. Uh, it wasn't to be. But uh, geez, this performance was incredible, and it was a it was a quiet quiet game by Brett Stewart standards as well. You know, he wasn't you know I mean it was basically Jamie Lyon out there on the right hand side where he, where he normally plays, and Hiku was playing the role you know traditionally filled by Wolfman, and he was just dished you know laid four tries on a platter. How much more to be said? Raiders. Fuck if they if they coming out the other end of the origin period still playing like this Ricky Stewart might be moving on Campo he's done man he's toast he He is fucking done he's got nothing in these days obviously he's been you know wretched run of injuries and especially you know when you're when you're a ball running kind of you know guy you know when you get obliterated knees yeah you know you kind of you know it takes out you know one of your, your your most positive aspects of your play and you know the fact that they don't have a proper partner in the halves room. I'm like, what? And what? You know, he can wear a jersey with number six on it, but you know, 
Well, he doesn't give a fuck how he plays. He gets paid. Yeah, exactly. Oh, he got a try. He's probably happy. Got got a, got a meat pie. Got paid. <laughs> fucking Gen Y life. Um, <laughs> gonna go eat, drink some fucking cruises on the roof. So, bro. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but this is just just an incredible performance. Even more so, just because you know the rift and the fucking and you even saw when um when Brett Stewart scored his try, he's <laughs> like the first person into the into the huddle for congratulations was uh was DCE and he and he's the name that I haven't mentioned yet, masterful. I believe he set up seven tries over the course of the game. Super coach, he got like a hundred and sixty something points, one of the highest scores ever. And it just and, and he is cl- the, the greatest halfback in the game at the moment. And Cooper Cronk has kissed on the dick to retain his spot. I mean, he's lucky that the Australian coach is genius, who is who is who's had a predilection always of retaining players, you know, far past their useful, you know, their use by date. And Cooper Cronk is he's clearly expired. The fucker's covered in mould out there. <laughs> he, the hay in his village is covered in is covered in mould. Every sinew in his body covered in mould. He has expired so badly. And uh, you know we'll get to the selections of the Australian team later. But Cherry Evans should not only be the Australian halfback. I mean, I would almost throw the C on him. And furthermore, after he wins a Dally M this oh, year, maybe making him immortal. Can you stop? No. Okay. <laughs> you got anything to say? <laughs> no, I've I've made all my points. I'm looking forward to moving on. Or am I? <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to moving on too, but we'll go through the tweets first. 40 zip. Brookie's gone from a fortress to a slaughterhouse, and Cherry is the lead knife man. Hash carve up, hash go manly. Life of Ty. Didn't expect this today. Wow. Absolutely Premier's performance here. Give us the title now. Hash champions. 40-zip came in again. He said, I decided to record this game as a keeper. Need some variation to the 08 grand final. Best performance of any club all season. Uh, R-pop. Old supercoach Stuart proving once again how fucking shit he is. LOL hash faders. Blue underscore beaver. And actually, I will just... uh, Before I go into that tweet, another thing about this game was the advent of the Hiku Haiku. Sweet Nigel B, I believe, originally coined the hashtag... Back when Hiku started getting some first grade time, I don't even remember when it was. Was it late last year or did it only happen this year? Must have been last year. No, it was last year. Shanta, he got it, you know, Ninja got in there in a big way as well and helped push it through. And then people have got on board, you know, to various, varying degrees of success over, over you know, the, the, the season and, you know, this season and late There's last season. There's a lot of people that fuck it up and a lot of people that just don't care about it. Yeah. Namely me. This time we had Andrew Webster. Yeah, well, he's from, he's from the Sydney Morning Herald. I think so. I believe that he believes that the, he'd come up with some new shit and he was saying putting like hiku, like hash hiku this, and you had to pronounce it haiku. Yeah. Unfortunately, then everyone's like going, ha ha, yeah, I see what you're doing here. Yeah, that's old. Hiku haiku. Been going for fucking ages. Get on board. So, you know, he did get on board. But then we get the the, the Manly Sea Eagles official Twitter account starts pimping hiku haiku. And it's, it's, it's arrived. It's up there now. It is in that upper echelon. Yeah, you know, the rarefied air of hashtags, such as choke. such as provoke the choke, tigers in decline. 
Nate is a cockhead. <laughs> Those ones, stuff like that. So yeah, I mean, yeah, sensational effort, and uh, you know, thank you for everyone getting on the Hiku Haiku, and now it's it's hit the mainstream. So no doubt there'll be plenty more of those where that came from. And uh, Blue underscore Beaver gets the first one. I mean, there was, I couldn't read all of them because there was just too many, but I picked out a couple. We just read one. A first half hat trick to the man we call Hiku. Raiders in decline. I think it's something in that for all of us. <laughs> Shane Aaron Elvis, not even a Manly fan. Hat trick in a half. After he signs a new deal, game over, Wolfman. Unky D. Hiku likes the score. A hat trick is not enough. Instead, he scores four. Look at that. He's even got rhyming on there. It's not even a necessity of a haiku. It's like a, it's like a Japanese person and an Irish person had sex. <laughs> and to celebrate this, their intercourse, they did some poetry together. It was like half a fucking limerick and half a haiku. There wasn't an old man from Osaka. We <laughs> <laughs> met an Irish woman and <laughs> shit writes itself. Made Osaka. <laughs> the cocksucker. At Solzy04. Oh, he's changed his name back to Solzy again. He's a Canberra fan. Poor old Mike. He's in... I knew it was going to be bad, but I was hoping for 10 to 20 points back. I fucking hate Brookvale. <laughs> and uh, speaking of things that people fucking hate, I'm pretty sure you hate the next game with the Gold Coast Titans 22 pounded the West Tigers 6 in their own shithole like hard oval. That's rich for you, <laughs> considering. Brookvale's fucking paradise. <sighs> <laughs> Titans 22 points came from tries to Aiden Caesar, Greg Bird, and Anthony and Don. The players have to walk down a fucking steel tunnel so they don't catch syphilis from the fans. Fuck yeah. you. So you need <laughs> hurt your feelings. <laughs> Ooh, the butt hurt is real. Uh, what was I saying? Anthony Don got a try in there as well. Aiden Caesar with a conversion. Greg Bird with a pair of them. And uh, they split the penalties one each as well. Now the West Tigers, well, a try to Simona. Conversion to Richards. And that's fucking the end of it. That be it. What do you have to say for yourself? <laughs> like I'm personally responsible. <laughs> you, you, you absolutely are personally responsible, have you know. You fluff their bum so much on this show, they listen to it every week, think they're fucking he-men, and they turn into shit-ass performance like this. When I've tipped their dumb asses. Well. I'd be angry if I put money on them, but I'm... <laughs> it's, no, it's no secret we're a little bit flat in this game. I think our attack was fairly disjointed. Um... I don't think we got really the same out of Luani and Brook, uh, out of Luani and and Austin that we we have or we did last week. Um, a few more injuries to add to the list as well, but I think ultimately we, we were flat. We were made to do a lot of defence and and our attack just really. There's some passes that didn't stick as well, which didn't help. Um, but. Just the amount of defence we had to do, the, especially in the second half when the game was still well within um, our striking distance. But you know, Anasta dropped it at first receiver. Brooksy dropped it at first receiver. Austin knocked it on at dummy half. Tapau knocked it on in the ruck. It just you know you're shooting yourself in the foot. And and the games that we have won have been off the back of you know our aggressive forwards. Yes, but also kissed on the dick. Blessed runs with completions. Yeah, really solid completion yeah. rates because, you know, they 
held onto the fucking ball, which is what, exactly what we didn't do in the second half of this game specifically. Pissing down all day in, on Sunday as well in Sydney, but yet you get sparkling football out on the northern beaches yeah. and you get this dour shit. Yeah, I don't, I don't think the Titans were fantastic. I don't, I don't think they were either. The Tigers really were horrible. I, I think they were, just, they were just flat. They made some errors, as I said, in the second half, which didn't help their cause, but um, they did some good things. They got... You know, he got to their kicks, and um, it was it was a strange old game. You know, they scored a try from a charge down and, and one from a kick, and our defence was was fairly up to scratch. I thought um, the biggest positive I will take out of the game is, is Brooksy really showing, you know, some real impetus to take control of the attack, hundred percent, and and make the calls himself rather than. Um, he's got to at this point though absolutely he has no one to left. but I mean he is a, still a very young halfback playing his, learning his trade and um, but he tried some individual stuff he, he you know his kicking game was um, was fairly good but he just he just seemed a lot more assertive and and sometimes you know for a young player they you know they will try and force their hand a little bit Um and, and try and take control, and it won't always come off. But I think if he continues to take the upper hand with the team, his talent will, sh- you know, his talent's going to shine through, and we're going to get more good results than bad, which like we got in this game. So um, I'm not, I'm not convinced the Titans are really that great. I think we were pretty flat, and the Titans certainly, um, you know, used their big forwards to to give us trouble and. Um, and, and played the field position game and, and, and just grounded out. So um, as far as a road win for the Titans, certainly at Leichhardt. Um, that just was, compounds it, really. Sorry? That compounds it massively. Absolutely. We, we really, you know, it's... As I've said before, Leichhardt isn't going to win the game for the Tigers, but if it's a tight game and, and the Tigers are playing it, um, you know, playing some good football, then Leichhardt is definitely a factor. I feel, um, but it just—they never got to a point in this game where the crowd was ever going to be a factor um, to go towards them winning it. Unky D said, uh, "Tigers are a disorganised rabble. The fact they're in the eight is a slap in the face to the teams below them." Hash Tigers in decline. And he went on to say, "Glenn Blakely excuse market leprosy one dollar ten flu dollar thirty brain damage one dollar fifty broken limbs two dollars fifty no excuse at all a hundred dollars." So fucking punters got rich, rich there. Because I mean, really, out of those, you're closest to no excuse. Yeah, look, it's hashtags in decline at the end of there too. Yeah, well, you expect it. Um, I think you know this probably isn't going to be the last that we see of these performances. I think towards the back end of the season, we'll, we'll probably won't be seeing many. Um, but probably between now and the end of the Origin series, I think we've got at least another one of those in us. Yeah. And and if we don't start getting some troops back by then then we might have might have a few of them. Um Robbie really has a, a calming influence on the team over and above his ability. He's very um uh you know, he's a good captain and he's a good leader. And I think Anasta has been filling that role quite well as also, but he's he's heard for a couple of weeks now too, so Mup twenty three. Team of Destiny, the little Aussie battlers, destroyed the Tigers. Hashtag is in decline. Uh, the Ben Zed, 
Tigers in decline, came back with a vengeance. Fairly sure Manly put together more attacking moves in one minute than Tigers did in 80. Ash, useless. To be fair, you were playing the fucking Raiders. Let's not get carried away, cockhead. You're playing the Titans. Competition heavyweights. <laughs> shit, shit side. It's going to get fucking owned when it comes, comes time. Uh, Earthboy75. Tigers fans only have themselves to blame for the Titans' victory. The Titans very comfortable playing in front of 9,987 fans. Blue The Tigers prove they can't hang with the big boys without Farah. LOL, I just referred to Titans as big boys. Ash also rants. Previews. Short week this week. Rep weekend. Not a weekend that I'm massively fond of, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. I mean, I don't mind a bit of a, a, bit a, of a test match. I don't. Um, it is a disruption, and I don't, I don't really care for the test match. I mean, I know it's got the, the Anzac Day stuff around it, but it's not. It's the week after. And it's so early in the season, you never really get... It's, it's a game for the incumbents, especially so close on the heels of a World Cup. So you get a side that's not picked on form... And the Australian side is going to absolutely fucking destroy the Kiwi side. They've got a lot of key injuries that have just crueled their chances of this game. But the Australian side, you could very, very easily pick an Australian side on form right now that would smash this team. Yeah. And so just run through the team quickly. Billy Slater, of course, is there. Shouldn't be there. I would, I would personally, I'd have Inglis in fullback position. He's better at the moment, uh, certainly than Slater. Brett Morris. Yeah. Okay. Josh Morris. What? Yeah, Greg Inglis in the in the centres. I'd have him at fullback. Darius Boyd is playing absolutely fucking atrociously this year. Has but got you know nothing. what's going to happen? He's going to get picked for Origin, mm-hmm. and he's going to score. He's going to play well. That's yeah. yeah. I guess. That's see how he rolls. JT, you know, fair enough. Cooper Cronk should not be there. He's absolutely hopeless player. Matt Scott should be there, especially on the strength of last week. Cameron Smith, oh, you know, captain incumbency. Tamau, another guy oh, that's on the edge, Kuba you know. Kronk, you're such a troll. Kuba Kronk reigning Dalian medalist. Absolutely hopeless this season. Because there is no, there is absolutely, there's there's no argument about that. He's been hopeless this Fuck season. That is such a load of shit. So you're saying he's been setting the world on fire this season, is that what you're saying? He's saying. really just fu- fucking burning down from long, his character. There's a long way between setting the world on fire and being absolutely fucking hopeless. Every, every sinew in his body has combined to give him a season that I would rate generously 4 out of 10 thus far. That's real talk. Now, uh, Tamau, he's got to be on his fucking last warning too. He's been shit this year. Greg Bird, he's, he's been fairly solid. Uh, Gillett, I think he's got massive defensive fucking problems. Uh, you know, but the Broncos, seem, the Broncos fans seem to like him. Uh, and Paul Gallen, who knows how he's going. He hasn't fucking played. Interchange, Daly Cherry Evans, player imagine, of the year. Imagine if Gallen gets hurt in this game. Sharkies will kill themselves. Fuck. I want to get water on New South Wales. He won't. He won't though. He won't. He, he won't. He'll get. He'll, he'll get through this game. Oh no, he will. He'll get. He'll get through the whole game. Get hurt in the seventy ninth minute, and be out exactly the number of games before Origin starts. And then you play the Origins, get hurt in game three, and then be out for the rest of the season, as this usually happens. But Cherry Evans, you know, Player of the Year, certain Dalian medals at this point. Uh, Boyd Cordner, you know, fair enough. There's a reward for effort. Nate Miles. I can't say, I mean, you know, he has the leadership role in the Titans, and Titans have been going okay, and, you know, once again, incumbency. Corey Parker, below his best this year. I mean, some of that's Hook's, you know, rotation policy. He's not playing 80 minutes, uh, you know, all the time now. And uh, Brent Tate, 18th man. 
son. What are you doing, genius? And the squad they'll be taking on uh, in no particular order, I mean, in alphabetical order, not a positional order, Jared Beal, Adam Blair. And actually, I'm going to say, I will, I will say that Adam Blair is playing the best year of his of his career with the West Tigers. That's why. And it's it's a bit of a strange one as to how the Tigers will handle that. Yeah, true. You know, we've got two pretty ordinary, well, sorry, yeah, two pretty ordinary years out of him. Yeah, that was very ordinary. Um, T-Rex-esque. You look at him now, and I don't know if it's off the back of Tapau and Gave. Mm-hmm. Um, whether he's playing closer to the middle, which is... I think he's playing closer to the middle and he's also been given space and, like, a license to actually, you know, ball play if he feels like it. Um, Rather than just being a battering ram. Not only statistically, but you can you can notice his energy. Mm. You know, like, it's easy to say, well, he made this many runs and this many tackles, which are, which are impressive stats in their own right. But just his energy around the team and it's, it's better than what it has been the last two years. And, yeah. Um, He's loving the Potter era. I'm sure he is. He's on board but now. What does he, you know, what do the Tigers do with him? Uh, do they oh, sign upgrade, him? Upgrade, another 600 Gs, four years. <laughs> they keep on the <laughs> same years, money. Please. Does he sign a, you know, a deal for a few years on less money or? Don't know. It's a tough one. Sides don't tend to look at the first couple of years if the last year is spectacular. So if, yeah. he's, if, he, if he continues it or increases his I can't form. even remember if it was a three or four year deal. I think There's been I, no talk I, I of say, off yeah, contract, I, so I'd say four. Yeah, I want to say it was three, but you know, given he was given such a ridiculous amount of money, you know, why not go the extra year as well to make the deal even more crazy? Uh, what else we got there? Uh, Kenneth Bromwich, Jesse Bromwich, Greg Eastwood, Tohu Harris is in this time until Sonny Bill decides to, to renege again. Saliva Havili. Bolter for the side there from the Warriors. Ben Henry. Peter Hicku. He'll probably be the captain. Isaac John. <laughs> Sean Johnson. Simon Mannering. Sam Moa. Jason Nightingale. Kevin Proctor. Martin Tapau. Roger Tuivasa-Shek. And Dean Faro. That team has an absolute failure to select the 5 given that their first choice foreign is out. Their second choice, Josh Hoffman, who's not really a choice either, out. And, uh, yeah, this side is... I, I I believe the line, at least uh, earlier today, the line was 19.5. Yeah. And that's only going to go up. That's pretty sad for um, for international football. Let's face it, even when they're, when they're full strength, we can have an arm wrestle for 60 minutes of the game and Australia can run away with it at the end. And make it, you know, like 30 to 18. So what are they going to do here in a side that, you know, there's some kids that are, you know, coming in? It'll probably the be the biggest upset. If New Zealand were to jag this win, it would be the biggest upset in, in international rugby league history. You know, even there's, prob- there's than, probably Even been. bigger than the World Cup ones because their World Cup sides were pretty good. Yeah, yeah. You know. The World Cup win and the... the yeah, that's not... A, I mean, that, that's an upset, nation. but it's not something to go... You know... But if a side like that yeah. beat a side like Australia's got yeah, at the yeah. moment, any side Australia's ever picked. Yeah. You'd have to go back through history because I mean, there's bound to be you know, crazy upsets in, in uh, test matches. But, but yeah, you're right. It would be a massive upset. I, just, I don't see a possible game plan that a coach like Stephen Kearney is yeah. going to be able to come up with to, to engineer a victory. I, don't see, I, just, I just don't see this being a game at all. A ritual slaughter, much like what we saw at Brookvale. Um, 
also this weekend we've got the under 20 state of origin uh, versus uh, you know, New South Wales versus Queensland and uh, you know a couple of uh, future stars in uh, in that mix there Brooks he's ruled himself uh, out Clinton Gutherson legend Turbojet Manly as well named as prop uh, yeah Luke Brooks was named as the halfback uh, with uh, Mitchell Moses uh, in the halves, but uh, Luke Brooks, it's, it, it, does the club rule him out or he ruled himself out? What's happened there? Uh, I know he's, I know he's not in the. I know he's not doing it. I'd say the club's ruled him out. When you look at for what reason? Oh, they said he was injured. But... It's a bit strange though in this day and age. Like Brooks is and playing. And he has regu- that an ankle problem, but Brooks is playing regular first grade now. So yes, he's still you know age wise can slot in. Yeah. But it's, it's... It sort of goes against what the... Yeah. The real crux of what the 20s are supposed and to be And Queensland's the same situation. They named Milford in six. Mm. And, you know, clearly... Yeah, that's another guy. It goes against what the 20s is really about, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. I mean, Corey yeah, Oates, you, Corey Oates is named in the Queensland the, side as well. The whole competition was designed in order to provide players to first grade. So you've got guys that are playing regular first grade. The chances of Anthony Milford or Luke Brooks ever being selected in the under-20 sides for their club from here until they're ineligible yep. is extremely unlikely. Yep. They'll play New South Wales Cup before they have to play, ever play 20s again. So... Um, why pick him in a 20s rep side? Doesn't make sense. Yep, yep, exactly. Exactly. Also, we have Four Nations qualify this weekend. Uh, test match Fiji take on Samoa. And uh, this one is obviously packed with uh, you know, first grade players. And, uh, and Polynesian talent. Polynesian talent, I mean, you know. And good footballers. I mean, this is a ver- it's a veritable smorgasbord. <laughs> it's a literal smorgasbord for, for you, quite frankly. And um, You got me all wrong, Nathan. Yeah, I've got you all wrong. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but, you know, that game, you know, those games, they, you know, with things like Four Nations births at stake, you know, there's a bit of extra to that. And, you know, you, that's usually, you know, not usually, but, you know, it often can be the most entertaining game of the weekend. And uh, last one on the list is the City Country It will certainly game. be the most competitive. Yeah. And so, well, you know, how do you know? Really? Have a go at the other fucking games. Well, yeah, that's true. But city country, you know. What about that? Yeah, I just I wish they did more with it. You know, really. I just get really disconnected, and it's probably something that all the other, you know, that other fans do as well. There's such a disconnection when they name a side, and they and they turn over ten players out of a side, you know, and start, you know. Going down the bottom of the barrel, because you know, players either don't want to play in the game, yeah. or they have, yeah, they've been selected when they're injured. So it, it takes it takes a lot out of it, and I mean, I know it's good for the regional places. Um, in this case, Dubbo, where they're going to play the game, but yeah, I, I, have, I honestly do have a lot of trouble, you know, getting excited for it outside of the fact that you know, yeah, it's rugby league. Sure. I mean, I want to see you know, it's it's great to see uh, see Jorge get a rep jumper um, for the city side. On the wing, um, yeah, but you know, Tony Williams is included in the side. So how much you know? Does that mean Jorge's been playing like shit and doesn't deserve it too? You know, it's, I just don't know. Yeah, they they really need to do more with the concept, and there is a massive push um, to build rugby league at all levels. Um, you know, the, the rebranding and and uh, the, the money that Channel Nine's uh, pumped into the game 
for the NRL is um, is filtering down through to the grassroots, and you, you just really like to see them do more with country rugby league, and and that is a real pinnacle, um, and something that you know players in the country could aspire to is to represent country or represent New South Wales, and um, I think they could they could do more um, to make it a much more serious spectacle than what it's become at the moment. Yeah, it'd be nice if you, know, you get your jersey and you know I'm the best, you know, centre, one of the best centres eligible to represent City. Yeah. And I'll have a genuine chance if I play good in this game, I'm a real chance of becoming, you know, a centre in the origin side. Because there's at least half I'm a not dozen. like the sixth best centre because a, like every other There's at least half that. a dozen Stephen Bradbury's in there. Yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. That is full time for episode 152. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter, so follow at TWI League. And of course, we're on Facebook as well, facebook.com forward slash This Week in League. So make sure you hit the like button as you guys fucking on that Lego picture. A lot of likes and a uh, couple of shares as well. So make sure you share that shit, uh, you know, help spread the good word, etc., etc. And I've been noticing um, on episode posts and things like that lately, I've been getting guys, you know, in the comments, you know, tagging, you know, three or four mates. And that's some good shit right there. Spreading the word. Love it. Everyone did that. Spread the show to four people. Fuck. We'd be hundred airs. Dead set. <laughs> dollar airs. <laughs> dollar airs. Um, what, iTunes. Two new reviews this week. Uh, the first one. You Complete Me. Five stars. By XXXFero. Every sinew in my body wants to give this pod a five-star rating. A fun two hours plus every week. If you enjoy NRL 360 or the footy show, you'll hate this top-shelf commentary. Enjoy. And uh, from Jake underscore H underscore 87, what you want from an NRL pod five stars? You've heard of B1 and B2? Twill is hosted by C1 and C2, providing insight and the band you expect with your mates, but for people with no mates going from some of the tweets they read out. Any rugby league fan with a sense of humour could do a lot worse than downloading this pod. Thank you, sirs. Some pretty honest and heartfelt reviews. Tipping. Disgusted to see that Shane Aaron Elvis has taken the lead this week. God. He's been loitering around in second for a while, but now he's taking the lead. Uh, with and there's, there's nothing more that makes me want to throw up more than someone that's never won anything in their miserable fucking life <laughs> being you know leading and, and looking like a winner yeah 42 points on top by himself Whitey in second on 41 the unique one 80 on 40 Gaza Wonga he was on top by one point last week absolutely screwed the pooch with 3 out of 8 and down to 39 uh, tied with him is Goodnight at 39 David Kingston on 39 Smithy Fire on 39 Lemon on 39 GT John on 39 and The Real Jedi on 38 a lot of sixes this week uh, in the top 10 especially um, I am battling I've had three different people ring me and say, why are you running last in your work tipping comp? I'm, uh, I actually got to the stage where I was almost last, I think it was second last, and um, M51 Avoider. Yeah, Dave, he's tweeted me and going, look, I'm last and you're second last, let's have a race to the bottom. And like, let's try and tip. And I tried that and I still got fucking five or four or like, you know, the same middling shit that I've got all season. Tried to pick the, the teams I thought, I'd lo- thought would lose. So, what are you going to do? Uh, fantasy. Southside Clackers maintain their top position on the ladder. CJ is second, Dingbat's third. On fourth, Winter is crowding. In fifth, Burke's Eagles, sixth, Sismi Timbers, seventh. Who's Winter is crowding? Is that? Uh, Kurtz. 
It is Kurt. Yeah. It would be either Kurt or Jonesy, I thought. The Wendells, 8. Spooners, SC, 9. And Injection Infection, 10. <laughs> I had my worst fucking score of the, of, of the entire thing by far this week. I had some fucking disappointing cockholes playing for me. Fuck. That's hell. terrible. Some useless cunts like fucking Copley. Fucking, he's a useless piece of shit. Ben Hunt was fucked as well. Oh, it's fucking typical. It's Broncos. It's Broncos fans. It's all these, oh, except for McCulloch, he was fucking sensational. Jesus Christ! I wish I had DC in my side and super coach. Fuck, he pulled one. He pulled a lot of people out of shit this week with that score. <laughs> and of course, shop still clearing out a couple of old Revelation shirts. Tigers in decline. It's back in vogue uh, as of this week. So get get on board and grab a shirt. And of course, we've got the memberships as well, and uh, a couple of those to go as well. So get in there. And uh, if you've got an inquiry about a size or how many each size is left, let us know. I'll let you know if there's something in your size. But you're pretty much well covered if you're in the the M to two XL kind of range. I think we've got you covered. But uh, yeah, that's it. That's it. No Springfield Panthers reports. I had another uh, another victory on the weekend, and um, boys played their little hearts out. Training session tonight. Got my new purple shirt. Yep. And, um, it's been very stormy. Yeah, it is a little bit. Jackson got another try on the weekend, dedicated it to his brother. <laughs> like a little le- legend that he is. So, no, they're um, they're pushing on, just improving every week, and um, I'm enjoying it. Now, uh, just before we go, mm. uh, I, was just, uh, I was just checking Twitter before, and uh, an article came out not long ago, while we've been recording, since we've been recording the show, obviously, so I wasn't there at the start. The NRL has offered Alex McKinnon a job for life as he continues to recover from spinal injuries. Just quickly, the NRL's inspiration, Alex McKinnon, has been offered a job for life as a rugby league family vows to support him in his heroic battle against spinal injuries. Only days after his stunning Anzac long weekend appearance, Dave Smith has revealed the NRL would find an ongoing role for the popular Newcastle Knight. Smith personally made the offer to McKinnon's father, Scott, on Monday. His spirit and determination are an inspiration for all of us. The NRL would be honoured if Alex wanted to channel that spirit into a career in our game, and the offer is on the table for life. The job offer was part of a five-point plan outlined by Smith to provide lifelong support for McKinnon, as well as any future players if they severely and permanently injured. A special foundation will be set up for the 22-year-old Newcastle forward who faces potentially years of medical treatment costing millions of dollars. Round 19 of the NRL from July 18 will become a special rise for Alex occasion to encourage fans to contribute to the foundation. And so I imagine that's the foundation finally when that's set up. That's where our donations will go from the, yep. the memberships. Uh, Smith said the NRL would work with the Newcastle Knights, other clubs and games broadcast partners, including Channel 9 and Fox Sports, to create a series of fundraising events. Options include holding music concerts in Sydney and Newcastle, games and activities for families at selected matches, junior football fundraising activities and auctions. Consideration is also being given to staging a telethon. So they've also undertaken to dedicate funds to a medical research program associated with spinal injury to advance the search for better treatments. So that's very good. Yeah, it's um, a lot more positive news coming out of that story all the time, and uh, let's hope it continues. I look forward to, you know, some sort of foundation being established, and and uh, we can certainly will certainly be encouraging people to uh, to support that and, and and give in any way they can, and and we'll be uh, leading the way with our donation. Definitely. So that is all we got time for for this week. So uh, enjoy the rep weekend. And a week off, like, you know, you know, I guess if you're like an Eels fan, it'd be, you know, this would be actually a great weekend. You're like, well, I don't have to go into the weekend with the spectre of losing a game. You know what I mean? Like feeling that burn. But, um, you don't agree? 
Oh, for me, it's like... I'm, I'm looking in, forward to our injured players getting that extra week's rest. I just want, after last weekend, I just want to see Manly fucking flog another team. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, after last week, I'm, I'm looking forward to a week off and, uh, and starting afresh in a week's time. All right. Talk to you next week. See ya. See ya.